You can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the Green Dragon. Hello and welcome to the Green Dragon Podcast. I'm Jeremy and we have a big group today. I would like to welcome Kylie. Uh, hello, hello. Matt. Hey guys. And for possibly the first time and possibly not even the last time, Andrew. Hello, honoured to be here. Thank you, Andrew. We'll get to who you are in just a moment, but before we do that, we have some errata, some apologies, some mistakes to rectify. Oh, let's be on honest, ep- the oops, my bad moment of the podcast. Oops, Kylie's bad podcast. We can make hey, this a hey, section. It, w- it wasn't me. Thank you very much. I didn't make any of these foolish mistakes. Okay, let's go into what the mistakes were. So in our episode 60, where we're talking about themed lists... We mentioned that Thorin's company do not have March, which according to the Hobbit book is correct. But according to the errata, it is not. They all have March. So Kylie, I wanted to get your response to this because you were a bit down on the Thorin's company and part of the reason was because they were too slow. So now that they all have March, what do you think? So all it's done is it's taken a hot pile of garbage to a cold pile of garbage. It still stinks, but just not as bad. But you still need to remember that it still stinks. And that is my thoughts on them having March. They are still on a garbage. I don't know. They get to choose where the garbage is now. I think that's pretty good. You can, like, set up a trash heap somewhere on the board and <laughs> keep it moving around. I think that's good. You set up yeah. in a nice location that's not near residential areas. Okay, that that's like saying, okay, the garbage isn't on your bed anymore. It's tucked away in the corner of your room. If you leave it there long enough, it's still going to stink up your room and just fester and, you know, attract ants and all the other undesirable things you want in your room. Sounds like you're speaking it's from experience on your bed. there. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so that's our first apology. They had March. Doesn't change Kylie's opinion. It changes my opinion very slightly. It makes it more interesting for scenarios. But for the points games, still not convinced. Now we go on to a response from podcast member David, who was very disappointed not to be talking about the Witch King because it's one of his favorite topics to talk about. So he mentioned about the crown. He's got some information to add. So to quote David, I can't believe... No, I've got to do it in David's voice. (laughs) I can't believe I missed a controversial discussion on deep lore. Anyway, throwing my two cents, or local regional equivalent now, I'm intrigued by this claim in that the Witch King did not have his crown at the Ford of Bruinen. Given that the Witch King was wearing his crown at Weathertop, as seen by Frodo when he used the ring to pierce their disguises, and then had it with him again when he showed up later at the Pelennor, conventional wisdom states that he is most likely wearing it during the intervening period. However, the crown isn't explicitly mentioned during the events at the Ford, and this does leave the possibility open to counter theories. I'm interested to hear what these theories may be. And then David goes to back up and provide a theory to his own argument. We may need to address the counterclaim that the Witch King has two crowns that he switches between, but I see nothing in Tolkien's writing to support this theory, though his usual selective provision of detail makes it impossible to disprove either. In this case, it could be argued that the Witch King profile has only one crown option, so even if he had a selection of 30 plus crowns, you'd have to take the crown of Morgul to represent them. It is a thematic necessity. So David very strongly advocates for the crown in a themed Ringwraith armies. Kylie, what do you think about that as well? I say, David, you bloody legend. Thank you. Thank you for being alive. Yeah, look, <laughs> counterpoint, so counterpoint here. I, I believe that 
what Frodo saw at Weathertop was in fact just a corporeal representation of the Witch King. So I, because he had the ring on, right? So he's seeing the Witch King as the Witch King was, or as he is in the spirit realm, or whatever we want to call it, and that wasn't actually the crown of Morgul. I think the crown of Morgul was something that Sauron provided him with prior to the Battle of Pelennor Fields. Mm. Good argument. Good just argument. my thoughts on it. Just my thoughts. But, but that's but that's but that's like saying that just because something's invisible or you can't see it, like we we can clearly see the crown, and that's like saying just because you can't see it, because you can't see it means it's not there. Like, well, like, I have a look again. Have a look at the footage again when Frodo puts on the ring at uh, Weathertop. Does that crown look anything like the crown of Morgul that he's wearing uh, on Pelennor Fields? I mean, I, well, my my counter argument is this. I dare you all to go take on my friend David in any topic of law, because I reckon nine times out of four, David is going to come out on top. Nine times out of four. That is very yes. impressive. Okay, yeah. all right. That's well, how good he is at I'm it. I'm going to have to back down in the face of that kind of law knowledge. I think so. I think so. Now, we need to move on because we have our guest, Andrew, here. And I would like to introduce the listeners to Andrew, and he can tell us a little bit about himself and give a short rundown of why he would be on the Green Dragon podcast. Go for it, Andrew. Yes, hello. Thank you. So, probably the way most of our international viewers would, would uh, or listeners rather, would know me is um, the recent great meme war we had on our Australian Facebook page. I am a New South Wales player, and all our Green Dragon members are from Victoria. So I am, I've been the enemy for a long time. Um, I basically learned the game by traveling to Melbourne a bunch of times and getting utterly slaughtered by all these people a few times and deciding that I don't want to get slaughtered anymore. I'd rather try and beat them. So over the last few years, I've started to, to get better at the game and start competing, um, and start winning tournaments against them. Yeah, so that, that's me. And it's worked out well for you uh, so far, hasn't it? Yeah. It has, yeah. I think I'm one of the... the genuine competitors now um, at, at all our interstate tournaments um, to kind of stop the, the reign of terror that Melbourne has had for, for so many years. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I have yeah, to say, you have. yeah, uh, there's only a handful of people, all three of you, who when I see my name drawn up against them, I am very concerned at a tournament, very deeply concerned. Uh, there's not many other people I would say that of, but yes, certainly, Andrew, you are one of those. Oh. Yeah, thank Thanks, you. Matt. Yeah, no worries. Mm. <laughs> And I am also concerned about one of you guys as well. <laughs> okay. All right. Not saying which one, though. No, no. Keep it a secret. But why am I here, Jeremy? You are here because you were probably the main subject of the Masters, which has been going on for a few years now. This is the sixth iteration of Masters, the first time in your hometown of Sydney, first time out of Melbourne, that we started a meme war. Now, when I say we, it's had nothing to do with me. It was Adam, the the organizer, decided to project his feelings and get some adver advertising going by creating some memes about it, and it just took off insanely. So, Matt, can you go into a bit about the memes? Yeah, look, I've, I've never seen anything like it on our page. Um, back in the early days, we, I think Josh started the Australian Community Group page about uh, 10 years ago almost, something like that. Uh, yeah, like circa 2012. Yeah, and early days it was just, you know, groups of people and we all knew each other. Everybody knew each other on the page, basically. Uh, and, you know, over time, more and more people have come in, people who only sort of 
uh, peripherally involved in the hobby, people from overseas who just want to see cool picks and see what Australia is up to every now and then. But a few weeks back, when these memes started coming up, we had people left, right, and center posting things, and they were hilarious. We had people just pushing Kylie up like she was some kind of goddess, uh, and then on the other side, New hey, South to Wales. To be fair, I am. Yeah, okay, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. The memes work too well. And then uh, cool. in, from New South Wales perspective, Andrew was the, the, the champion of, we were viewing them as the evil side, so I suppose, uh, he would have been the Witch King and Kylie would have been Aragorn or, or Gandalf or something like that, I don't know. <laughs> it, it got even a little bit out of hand at times. We had people linking very, it, it very inappropriate things. Um, <laughs> but a lot of the memes were awesome. Uh, some of them were very wholesome and very much about the community as well. And yeah, all of them were funny. They were great. I, I really enjoyed yeah. it. Um, a few people didn't like it. But, you know, we brush that aside. You know, if, if you don't enjoy that kind of thing, then I, I don't think you want to be part of this community because it represented everything that I love about this community. Yeah, oh, it was brilliant. I, I was so taken aback by just how many there were and how clever some of them were. Um, I got a real good few laughs out of some of them. Actually, I, I, I do have a question for all of you here. Personal favourite meme that came up during the, the meme world? Oh, well, that's easy Sorry. for me. Uh, the one that has me on a chair as New South Wales is smashing Victoria on the ground. <laughs> Jeremy? My favourite was, there was a, a scene from The Simpsons with two monkeys fighting in the circle, and it was Victoria and New South Wales, the monkeys, and then a whole bunch of spectators with Queensland and Western Australia, and that one German guy, Leon, that's you, and a few other people that they're watching it. I thought that was very clever, because there's so much back and forth between just Victoria and New South Wales. I have that, one, was um, my that was my favourite one, We have some too. good news yeah, for you, Jeremy. won the, the Masters Award for Best Meme. Oh, perfect. Oh, they, handed out, they handed out an award at the ceremony, and that was the, the best meme of the, the, the entire saga. So, yeah. Good call. Good call. Um, I really enjoyed that one that um, Kylie dropped, where un unfortunately she was unable to make it, but she passed the reins on to me. So just from a personal perspective, that was nice. Appreciated it. That's very nice. Yep. I also like the one that there was a there was an angry face that said New South Wales will win Masters. Then the next scene was like a very innocent face that said many Victorias have won tournaments, not just Kylie. And then the uh, the angry face looks at it, thinks a while, and then becomes angrier. So <laughs> yeah, I, I did yeah. like that. Oh yeah, some solid memes. Mm. Memes work very well in an audio format as well. I've noticed. They're brilliant. Yeah, just describing them. Yep. 100%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You get everything out of it that you would looking at it. 100% agree with that. <laughs> we we might post who... some. We might post some on the Green Dragon page and see what people think. Definitely will. But for those who don't like it, feel free, uh, feel free to go back on the Australian page now because they've pretty much disappeared. We've got the results of them. They probably won't be back till next year about the same time. Maybe not at all. We do, who knows? But they're, they're gone at the moment. We're back to your normal hobby and games and general fun not as exciting but general fun yep yep back to your regularly scheduled programming so andrew you were posted up as being the champion of new south wales and that's well deserved because in the last few masters events you've placed very high the highlight of that of course being what was it two years ago you 2016 first overall 2016 
2016 first overall, 2018 second overall. Uh, there was, uh, it was some fourth in 2017 for memory as well. I don't, re- don't even remember that. That's that's just, no, that's out. <laughs> Too low. Too low, yes. I believe you managed to uh, cut your way through, I believe it was Lockie Rig to get the championship that year. I did, yes. I, that was the first time I ever met the, the boys from WA as well. And good players from WA as well. So th- that's no mean feat. And last year, you probably had Masters sewn up if you just went a little bit more aggressive against me in that last round as well. So Yes, probably. You've, you've really had a good run with it and probably one of the better runs overall and one of the more consistent runs because a lot of people have popped up for one year only and then disappeared, whereas you've consistently been up there and have been spreading fear through all the, the people that are Masters hopefuls for many years. I feel like I'm getting built up. When's, when's the fall coming? <laughs> it, well, actually... Just on if a, you fast forward to two hours and 13 minutes, yep, listeners, yep. you'll find the fall. I went, no, I don't know. <laughs> just on that as well, i just like to have a quick shout out to David. Because yes. one thing one one thing that um, I feel like everyone has kind of missed a bit with David is he's, he's forever doomed to be the bridesmaid and never the bride. He is out of the six masters. He has got four second places and a third place. And has just every time just come so close to getting nabbing that championship and just just missing out. It's I'm hoping that he's going to be able to zip up to Masters one year up at Sydney and actually manage to steal the title for for once. And for me, as an outsider's perspective as well, he's so modest. He always just flies under the radar, but he's very very good. He's surprisingly good, and he's a bit uh, he's a bit different for the rest of us as well. We all have a similar playstyle. David's is very different, and it still works. So. He, he throws a lot of people off guard. Yeah, we, we only allow quality on the Green Dragon, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I'm actually really surprised I did not realize David had been that consistent. That's fantastic. Yeah, like I've predicted him to be winning the past few years that he's been competing as well in all my blogs. Yeah. And he's yeah. always come second. I'm sure he'll be loving mm, listening yeah, to this. Yeah, he, he will, he will. He will. Come back on, David. So we had, the, we had this meme war, and Kylie and Andrew were set up as being the champions of Victoria and New South Wales. Oh. And unfortunately, Kylie, what happened? Yeah, yeah. So two weeks out from Masters, I um, I duck into work for a shift. And the end of the shift, my boss comes up to me and goes, Hey, Kylie, uh, are you able to work uh, the weekend of the 14th? And I'm like, um, hang on. Yeah, maybe. Let me check. And then I checked the dates and went, oh, crap. That's Masters weekend. And I turned around and went, uh, I've actually got a thing on that weekend. And he turns it back around to me and goes, oh, I, I really, really, really would like it if you could could work. And it was one of those times when, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm sure some of you out there have had this happen, where someone asks you a question. But it's but not a it's question. it's not a question. And that's what, that's what this question was that I got asked. In fact, to put a bit of perspective on it, we were so understaffed that weekend that I picked up like three or four shifts along that weekend. I've got a lot of shifts this week too, um, because one of our co-workers is having a baby. And at the same time, um, one of our other staff members, um, brother or something was getting married and it basically came down to me and one of my colleagues, Seb, and it was just us in the building for like the entirety of the weekend. So. My entire weekend was just shattered, and no matter how hard I tried, I, I couldn't get out of the shifts that I didn't want to work. That's a, that's a very good excuse, but I know you just didn't want to play me. <laughs> yes, well, mm, 
Mm. In fairness, Andrew, I didn't come because I didn't want to play you. I was yep, scared. Don't blame me. Yeah, I was the only one brave enough. You, that's that's right. That's right. Or, <laughs> or foolish enough. Or foolish enough, yeah. <laughs> so the memes started to go a bit towards New South Wales' favour at this point because Victorians had been talking up Kylie and Kylie's abilities and Kylie was going to take that Bombardil Road to Rivendell list that we talked about in the, the themed list episode and we're going to do really well and she was going to bring home the Masters Award. And the collective spirits went down a little bit, didn't they, Matt? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I was crestfallen. I couldn't believe it. You were crestfallen. How, mm. how do you think I felt? Like, I, I was super excited for Vic to just go up and just beat, beat him over the head with a hammer, you know? A hammer mm. In fairness, she'd, she'd done the same thing earlier in the year with Clashes already, so... Mm. Yeah. Masters has a bit more competitive prestige there, so it was a was a bit of a concern and the New South Wales spirits were definitely high and, and probably deservedly so because the team that we sent up were a mixture, a ragtag bunch of people who've been playing for a while but never seemed to get that, that same sort of height of success. Some players that were coming back from a long time, uh, some players who weren't particularly good and I'm not going to mention who's who, you know who you are guys. <laughs> I'm just picking on you, Matt. I'm yeah, no, I know. I appreciate that. But yeah, no, it, it was a group of uh, of guys who, yeah, none of us had won a major tournament, I would say. We were all You've really... won things before we met, Matt, well, haven't you? I would say major? I haven't won many major tournaments. Most of my wins have been under 20 people, I would say. Probably only one or two higher than that. So That's interesting because yeah. you have so many podiums, though. Oh, tons of podiums. Oh, yeah. I always get up I, I guess you're also playing against the other people here. That, that tends to make it harder. That's true. I've got these other two on the podcast to contend with. So, yeah, it's, it can be hard. They they are kind of the uh, the gatekeepers of the podium, let's be honest. But, um, yeah. There's I, one spare yeah. spot. There's always one spare spot. There is, and I usually occupy it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't have a huge number of major wins. Let's put it that way. And uh, the other guys so there's no I, pressure. are the same. Yeah, well, you, you think that, but uh, when when you go for a long time without a big win, you start doubting yourself. You start wondering, can I can I really compete with the big guns of the Middle Earth scene in Australia? And uh, of course, I didn't do that because I know I'm amazing. But uh, yeah, it's it can be <laughs> it can be rough at times, you know, with that sort of thing. Um, and you know, the other guys who went up with me. All of them were, you know, a mixed bag of can I do this or not. I kept ha having to say to Tim, Tim, you can win the tournament. It's not out of your reach. You can win it. And he'd turn to me and say, do you really think so, Maddie? I had to tell him, yes, absolutely you can win it. You know how to play uh, your list. I, I had full confidence in Tim getting top three going into that tournament. In fact, I had Tim texting me and messaging me before each one of his games, like, sending me pictures of the table and sending me like matchups and like strategies and stuff and asking me for, for some tips and tricks I can give him before the game. And I'm like, you totally have got you, you, you have the ability to, to pull this off, but yeah, it's just a little bit of lack of confidence and it, it can shatter your resolve. Yeah. And I think that's something that people don't talk about that much is just your mindset going into a game. I think there's true, like not just of SPG, but any kind of competitive thing you do. Having confidence in yourself and backing yourself to be able to make the right decisions is such a big point of being able to win. Yep, and mm. just remembering, just remembering that your opponent is human. You know, like yes, well, you, yes. go, you go up against Kylie, and and so many people I think get spooked before they even play you, don't they, Kylie? 
Yeah, hell, I I had the same thing happen to me at, at Articon. I, I drew Jay, and for the first time in a long time, I actually felt intimidated, and I did a very, very, very stupid move, and it cost me the game. But if you take that moment to, to kind of take a deep breath, reset yourself, and go, what do I need to do to win this game? You are, you can put yourself in a great position to, to actually have a crack at it. Yeah, because also I find as well, if you're on the other side of that, if you someone thinks they've lost before they've even played you, it gives that extra burst of confidence. Um, it's like, well, they think I'm going to win. I think I'm going to win. Great. I'm going to win. Yeah, absolutely. So just to go back, circle back to the uh, other guys who went up, we had Josh who flew up. Now, we all know Josh is a very good player. He's had great success in the past. So he was always going to be a chance for a victory. We yep, had, I had him predicted at yeah, uh, third place. You had him in third. Of course, you couldn't put yourself in the podium, but <laughs> so we'll yeah. never know what your thoughts on your own <laughs> placing was. But you had uh, Andreas, myself, and Josh. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah, right. Um, so then Tim, as I've already mentioned, who is a player who's come ahead in leaps and bounds recently uh, and has gotten much better with the kinds of lists that he uses, which are usually not the sort of standard lists. He uses some weird stuff. So he's gotten really good at that. Uh, we had. Next... Sorry, go ahead, Kylie. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get Tim onto some standardized lists sooner rather than later. Oh, I got some bad news for you then. He had a very interesting <laughs> idea for um, Battle Hardened in December, oh, I think no. it is. <laughs> do, do I want to ask what it is? No, do it Do it off, off the recording because I don't want to reveal it early. Yeah. Does he even need to play standard stuff there? Because I thought like, that's what he's good at is the those scary big monster hit you hard lists. Yeah, I'd agree. A, a while back, actually, um, we had a, a moment where Jeremy and I maybe took it a bit far trying to almost, like, convince him to go normal, and he he definitely reacted to that. And in hindsight, we, we shouldn't have pushed him like that because he can take what he wants. And yeah. It, hey, hey, yeah. hey, 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 Matt, 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 Matt. Yes? Don't put yourself in that. That was all me. That was no, my mistake. No, I pushed him too I, far. I ganged up wrong. as well. We, we, it was both our faults. But you're right, yeah. So Too generous. Yeah, and I think no, it comes I, back I to the whole involved. confidence thing. Yeah. Is like knowing what you want to know, knowing what you want to do, and being happy with it and saying, like, I know what to do, I know how to win. Yeah, exactly. And with whatever it is that you're taking. So Tim, we, we felt, was absolutely ready to go big uh, at Masters. Then we had Sunao who I have played many times in the past, he has podiumed a number of times down here. He's a very strong player, like a very solid player. Like I really rate him. Uh, and you know, we'll, we'll discuss how he went uh, as we get to that later on. But yeah, I, I felt that he could do very well as well. I felt that he was a solid addition to Team Victoria. Uh, and then we had just Jim left there. Yep, Jim's the only one I haven't discussed there, who was just returning from a fairly lengthy hiatus. But in, in the few games that he's played since he's come back, we've seen he, he is a very impressive player. He, uh, he takes some lists that are probably not the most competitive, but, but he plays cool. the, very cool lists and he plays them really well. Like, I reckon he, he maximizes the list that he took, which we'll discuss in a moment. So, yeah, I, I felt like we had a pretty strong team. Maybe not the strongest Victorian team that we've ever sent up there, but a strong team nonetheless. Always going to be strong, I think. There was potential there. There was potential. Definitely some potential. I agree with that, Kylie. There was a lot of people who have come close in the past and just maybe were ready to make that next step, but we didn't know. We didn't know if they'd have the confidence. There's a lot of, um, from a psychological point of view, there was a lot of people who just didn't believe in themselves and had been sort of put off by that in the past as well. And that, that always worries me because people have to believe that they can do it to do it, as we said before. 
And there were some in that group that I feel like had almost at, at previous events decided that they weren't going to go for a run at the top and they were just going to be happy with sort of the middle range and throwing some games and having a bit of fun, which is fine. But I feel like they could potentially win as well. So we had a good team. I was pretty confident of our team. My picks, I know that you guys have talked about picks before, Andrew and Matt, you might have as well, but I want to talk about mine explicitly. I had Andrew as my number one because, like, let's face it, he's he's done the work in the past. He always gives everyone a hard game. He's able to to go for six games. So that's what, I, that's what you have to do with these tournaments. You have to be able to play every single game. And Andrew, you can definitely do that. Yep, yep, done Second, a few times now. Yeah. Second, I had Liam, and I saw Liam playing at Sill on the evil side, and I sort of really wanted him to come across and get this Masters because he did so well at Sill. He, I, and maybe Matt were pretty much the lone hounds, hands, maybe a Nick as well, in the evil side trying to hold up, and he did really well. I think he went undefeated at Sill with a, a Watcher in the Water army. That, did that's really his bread and butter. Yeah, so he was fantastic with that. So I had him for second because I feel that's a, he's a good player with a tough list. And for third, Matt, I had you. You are my prediction for third because you took me down in a game that I thought I outplayed you in a practice game and still managed to pull off the win. And that's an impressive feat in itself. You have a very good list and you knew what to do with it. You even surprised me with a bulging type move. So I was impressed. That's enough for third in my mind. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, I, I didn't really oh, discuss my, my predictions, but I probably would have gone uh, in no particular order, Andrew, Andreas and Josh, I think, would have been my top three. Because I knew Josh's list as well, which was, uh, again, a very tough list that he knew how to play. But you, Kylie. What's your predictions? Um, I actually didn't make or have any predictions for the tournament. I never... Uh, yeah, I, I was so bogged down with work and kind of so devastated from not being able to attend after putting so much work in preparation into it that I never actually sat down and, and went, oh, who do I think is going to win this tournament? I think going into it, I always had a, a, a high hope for, for Matt, Tim, and Josh to, to, to do well, but that was more of a wanting to see the Victorians crush the New South Wales uh, players more than anything else. Good tips, Matt, Tim, Josh. I like it. Okay, so we'll be back after a very short break. We're going to talk about the preparation for our Masters players. Welcome back, listeners. Without much further ado, we're going to talk about the games at Masters that Andrew and Matt have played. We'll start with Andrew, Game 1. Yes, so for the list I was taking, um, I was bringing the Rohan Legendary Legion. So that is Phaedon, Aeoma, Deerwine, Gamling, Elfhelm, and Dernhelm. Um, so six heroes, technically seven with Mary. There were ten riders. There were six Royal Guard. So it's 23 models all up. 17 mites, so... Lots of hitting power, got the gambling banner. You want to recycle your might as much as possible and just keep moving and never get bogged down and try and kill everything before you your engine runs out of juice. 
I didn't have much in the way of practice going into this, I must confess. The last time I kind of really played a competitive game was, was Clash. I had one quick practice game the weekend before, but apart from that, I was going into it pretty, pretty rusty in a way. So my first game was against Andreas. Um, I had Andreas tipped to, to win the tournament, so I knew going in that um, this was going to be a, a tricky game. Um, we were playing on a lovely Amon Hen board that was made by Lachlan from Zorpasop Gaming. Um, very, very nice, very cool. And our scenario was Laws of Battle. Uh, he was bringing a list with the Necromancer and a bunch of Hunter Orcs, so he had the three named Hunter Orc Captains, um, 24 odd Hunter Orcs, um, had a Castellan, and he also had four Mirkwood Spiders. And looking at that that list, I knew that there was a fair amount of hero shutdown between the Necromancer with Shroud of Shadows and Transfix, and the four Mirkwood Spiders with the Paralyze and the Castellan. So I knew I was going to have to be careful with my heroes and force him to try and make difficult choices as to which ones he was going to shut down. The rationale being that whichever ones he didn't shut down, then those could go on and do the damage and kill the Hunter Orcs. Mm. Andreas set up fairly spread out. And so he spent the first few turns calling heroic moves and trying to run away from me um, and shoot bows at me all the time. That happened for about three turns. Fourth turn, I finally caught him, charged in with everyone, called death, killed a whole bunch of guys. In that time as well, I was able to maneuver in such a way that half of his army was effectively at a right angle to where the battle was happening just because I had the, the extra mobility. Managed to charge in, do a bunch of damage. The Necromancer and the Spiders were roaring. Um, I had to burn a whole bunch of fake points to stop the Mirko Spiders from paralyzing different heroes, spending lots of will to block as well, spending might on that will as well. But before we got anyone to the point where they were completely vulnerable, I was able to, to kind of wreck and punch the flank and kill a whole bunch of stuff. Managed to eventually shut down all these heroes as well, calling heroic defense with gambling and elf helm is really, really handy because then that was able to buy time while the rest of the heroes kind of chopped through. So yeah, um, game ended, final victory point score of 51 to 20, which ended up with a major win. Was it a crushing win? I can't remember, whichever that the highest one was. Yeah, there were only really three versions of the uh, victory, right? There was the very close one, which was within a couple of points. There was yep. just a sort of standard victory. Standard. And then there was uh, doubling your opponent, or more than doubling your opponent, I should say. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. So, which I think is, I think we can call it a major. Yeah. Yeah. Major win, sort of minor win, and then very, very close win. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Andreas made a little bit of a mistake in running away and staying spread because then I was just able to use my mobility to commit to a flank and then roll through that while the rest of his hunter walks was sitting there twiddling their thumbs trying to get closer yeah lots of points available for you in that one wasn't there so yeah there was i yeah. mean i was killing, killing hunter walks and fours with just my normal infantry as well so mm. yeah we and they had higher fight values so they're cutting through them like butter yeah 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 that's a tough one for andreas unfortunately but uh yeah no well played well played it's very tough to get a uh double or more than double victory points in lords of battle that's, I think, one of the hardest ones. So Yes, yeah, yes. Very Andreas was trying to do that. stuff like I try and kill a horses first as well to get yeah. extra points. Yeah. Oh, cool. Good start. Good start for you. Did you manage to get the Necromancer? Sorry, I didn't catch if you did or not. Uh, no, I nope. kind of held him up more than anything else. Sure. Throwing a yeah. hero into him, they'd fight him for the turn. He, he wouldn't roll a six, and so he'd just lose a will every turn. Um, no, it, well, I don't think it was really feasible for me to... Nope, fair, um, enough, fair enough. Knock him out. So I just figure kill the Hunter Orcs instead. That's easier points. Yeah. So just worth pointing out, there was a bonus point for each game if you managed to kill your opponent's leader and have your leader unwounded. So that obviously would have been very, very difficult. Yes, for you to very get difficult. That yeah. yeah. Thaden was unwounded though. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, did your game finish on time? Uh, we did, yes. We had about two minutes left. Ah, well done. Perfect timing. So nice and efficient. Yeah. yeah beautiful. 
All right. So okay. first round, you managed to get 19 points. Is that correct? Out of 20? Yes, yes. Wonderful. Good job. Yep. And I was really happy because I don't know if we, we haven't touched on it yet, but I was placed into what was dubbed the group of death. <laughs> group so six. I knew I had a very tough schedule ahead of me. So I was, I was happy to, to start so strong. Yeah, great start. Great start. Weren't you the player that dubbed it the group of death, Andrew? <laughs> uh, no, that was Kylie, I believe. Hello. Hello. Yeah, it was Kylie. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I, I simply said it was oh, a group of death because up. my army bonus was death. Very yeah. Um. One more quick question. Good result. Good result. Do you know how much might you used in that game? Um. I want to estimate twenty something. I have it all written down somewhere. I need to go and dig it up. Nah, that's alright. Yeah, in, in, an estimate in is the mid twenties, I'd say. <laughs> nice. Not bad. Not bad. All right. Very cool. Uh. Shall I get on to my first game? Please do, Matt. Okay. Uh. I started up against Liam, who, uh, as Jeremy has said, he had uh, in his podium. And Liam's a very tough player. He had the Watcher in the Water, so immediately I knew that was going to be tough. I'll just run through my list real quick. I, I'm sure I will post it up, but yeah, real quickly discuss what I had. Uh, my leader was Gilgalad. He was leading 15 Kingsguard with Spear and Shield, one of which had a banner. He had three bows in his warband, and yep, that was the full 18. Then we had Kirdan, four elves with shield, three elves with bow. And then we had a captain mounted with a shield and lance, leading three Rivendell knights, three high elves with shield, three high elves with bow. So all up, nine bows on foot and the three knights for 12 shots. We had the beatstick Gilgalad, the big bad, and we had Kirdan with all his auras that he likes to send out. Uh, and the captain pick was purely for March in uh, Race to the Prize, which I knew would be one of the scenarios and something that we tinkered with a bit, wasn't it, uh, Jeremy? That was, uh, both Jeremy and Kylie suggested that and I ended up taking their advice, which I was happy with. So, round two. Yeah, I'm glad I did too, because, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll discuss it all at the end. We'll discuss why I was happy with the list and everything like that. Yeah, so, I, I will say as well, yeah. I think, um, just to jump in, I, I picked that list as yours, Matt, the moment I saw it. You did. You, you immediately said to me, uh, is that your list? Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 And I should have realized yeah, it's, it's, it's I think it's a great list. It's so well balanced. Thank you. It was a lot of tinkering uh, with both Kylie and Jeremy that was the end result there. So happy with that. Uh, okay, so game one. We It was Liam, he had the Watcher in the Water, he had Durbers, he had Groblog, and this was the scary part. Two Gundabad Shamans, which when I looked at his list, I'm like, oh, that is not good. And a Moria Shaman as well for that Sweet Sweet Fury. At the start of the game, I knew the Shadow was coming. The Shadow was going to come on Gilglad because he had six wheel hitting on threes. I had three wheel to resist with. It was not going to be a good time if I lost Aglos. I would not be able to do anything with Gilglad. Well, you'd suspect that would be the case anyway. I'd then be neg one in all jewel rolls and neg one to wound, which would mean I'd probably need sixes to wound just about anything. And of course, it's probably the biggest drop up you get on anything from plus one to yep. minus one. Absolutely. And he loses Elven Blade as well. So yeah, it, it's a, a horrible loss. Um, something I also picked up on when I looked at his list is you can shatter a banner with those guys. It's a piece of <laughs> war gear. So we'll get back to that later. We yes. will, we will. That will come up uh, further down the line. But luckily for me, I don't think Liam realized that. I, I actually mentioned it to him after the game, which may have been a good move on my part, <laughs> the way that it turned out. But uh, yeah, he didn't even attempt. He, he just went after Aglos. Actually ended up using all his will to get rid of it and finally succeeded. So Totally worth it. Yeah, definitely. It was a good call. Um, I think he probably could have gone at the banner once, but 
Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's the way it panned out. So, the first two turns were just basically lines. I, I was holding my line and taking some shots. He was advancing on me. He had Groblog on his right and the Shamans down the middle, and they were just throwing shatters at Gilglad and eventually got it off over the course of three or four turns. I could have been more defensive with Gilglad, but uh, I decided if he was going at Gilglad, at least he wasn't going at the banner. That was one thought I had. Uh, and also, I felt like my force was good enough to just take on his goblins and do enough kills, because it, it was the same scenario as Andrew discussed. It was Lords of Battle, and every kill counted as a VP. So, I felt like my line against his line would work out, even without Gilglad, necessarily. Uh, all I might need Gilglad for is defending against the Watcher. That's what I felt might be necessary. The Watcher came down on turn 3, I believe, and it came down on one end of my line. Now, I had the foresight, luckily, to throw up a channeled blinding light, because I knew that Watcher was coming down. I knew if he had 6 shots hitting on 3s, he was going to pull a ton of my guys in and score a lot of victory points. So, I, I felt that that was a necessary move in this game, and as it pan panned out throughout the course of the game, he only hit one tentacle through the whole game and it was just a regular elf. So I, I feel uh, vindicated in that choice of the channel blinding light. That worked out really nicely. I also threw up a Aura of Dismay, even though he had a Moria Shaman, just in case uh, I was able to kill it or it wanted to throw a Transfix away and, and lose it. So yeah, and also it's just a free will point, so whatever. And basically it boiled down to just line against line and the elves came out on top like elves do. They had just the higher fight managed to wear through him. Derbers rolled amazingly well and managed to kill a number of elves. The Watcher just did not manage to break through. It was killing one or two elves a turn, but it wasn't doing much more than that. Gilglad went after Groblog, uh, and this was when the probably the luckiest thing for me for the entire tournament occurred when he was uh, shattered. He lost his horse, uh, there was an attempted tremor in there, there was a transfix that went off. Basically for three turns he was trapped and losing the fight, and Liam just could not roll a wound against him. He got one wound, which I was unable to save with fate, and Gilglad managed to survive right to the end, and on the very last turn, countercharged Groblog, because at that point I just had more models than him, and there was no reason not to, like, he, Groblog, Groblog I felt just wouldn't be able to kill him anyway, and managed to actually kill Groblog. Uh, that was his only kill, his only hero kill for the game. In fact, I think it was his only kill for the whole game, so really, Gilglad heavily underutilized in game one, but, yep, turned out a victory my way, 42 to 28, and really just off the back of an amazing elf line. There wasn't too much tricky stuff going on there mm, good job as well now matt had you considered just throwing sixes on your will for the resist of the the shatter i feel like that's a good tactic for gilglad it probably would have been i don't think i got a six on a single resist throughout the whole tournament so uh I'll oh, see try... that's a bad move yeah i'll try that tactic next time that's a good call jeremy yeah absolutely you're an elf your whole plan is to, to just <laughs> roll, roll sixes, sixes all it the is. time that and... is always my plan <laughs> uh, i i do you have a question about that game? Did Liam at any point try to get in behind you with, say, Wag Marauders or anything like that? Or did he, he fight you um, front to back? So one Wag Marauder came in the front and lost its Wag straight away. So it was sort of on the end of the line, but also I had a terrain piece anchored there. So I don't, I'm not sure why he felt that was the play. I don't think it was probably the right call. His One of his other Wag Marauders, I'm not sure how many, he had two or three. But... Yeah, two. Two, okay, two. so only two. The other one was on the other flank, and it did manage to break through, 
and in the very last turn, a Bat Swarm and that Wag Marauder actually charged Kierdan. They both managed to pass their Courage Test, which was impressive in the first place. Uh, charged into Kierdan. Uh, I managed to surround and trap them both, but then Durbers called a Heroic Combat into Kierdan and managed to kill him on the very last turn. So that was actually a really good play by Liam, and he got three points out of it. So not a bad effort. And I think there were extra points in this uh, modified version for killing heroes. So it was, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was worth it for him for sure, I think, and for keeping heroes alive uh, as well. So it was a big swing. I, I have another so. question as well with the Watcher when he, when it came up. Did he try and display some of your army and try and separate some of them? Or uh, was no, he's coming he didn't. Next door? He actually didn't, and. Honestly, I think it was probably the right call on his part, largely because of my fight six. Yes. I had fight six everywhere. I had elven blades everywhere. If he got surrounded, he was going to go down. He sort of just used it on my left flank, just stuck it in front of my lines, uh, covered half of its base with a line of goblins, and he was essentially just fighting with half of the Watcher's base, two elves a turn, and killing them. I think he was hoping that the tentacles would do a bit more, but I never let uh, Kierdan actually get in range of the shots. So Kierdan yep. was covering everything, but was not a like there was no not going to be a lucky six to grab Kierdan. Basically, yeah, I was pretty pleased with that positioning. That worked out well. So he did eventually break through on that flank simply because he was killing a few elves with the, the Watcher each turn. I ran out of elves on that side. But uh, it was too late. The damage had been done in the middle and on the right. Not bad. Well done. Well done. We're going to move on to game two. So, Andrew, what was the scenario and how did so, your game go? Scenario two was Race to the Prize. It's a variation of Seize the Prize. Um, there's also a central objective. So from where you dig up the artifact, that is also counted as, as an objective. So if you have more models within six inches of that at the end of the game, there, there are points on offer there as well. So you can't just run to the middle, dig it up, grab it, um, go off the board, have the game end, and, and win that way, purely with speed or something like that. So game two, I was on an Oskiliath Ruin board, and I was against Tim. Now, Tim's already been talked up a little bit, and he was running his spider list. So he had Shelob, the Spider Queen, Druzhag, who's the other one? Ashrak, yep. four Merkid spiders, two bat swarms, a whole bunch of giant spiders and wags alongside that. Not gonna lie, I wasn't the most pleased, having just verse for Merkid Spiders to be versing for Merkid Spiders again, but I knew he didn't have March, so I knew that despite the fact that he had mobility that was equal to mine, I'd be able to get to the prize first and try and hopefully dig it up and then send it off on one of the heroes and get them to, to bail out while everyone else used the fact that I was closer with the March to, to try and push him off the center before he got there. So he set up, turn one, I called my March, got close, and then Tim did something rather scary, something very clever. He scuttled up his Spider Queen, it then spawned a Broodling three inches away, who then moved its movement to get to the objective turn one and dug it up. And I had a moment of, oh no. You're yeah, welcome. Uh, massive play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was, oh dear. Luckily, Elfhelm was within eight inches. So I did Benamite, but I made sure I killed that Broodling then and there. Then turn two, we had another heroic move roll off to see who was going to reach that prize and snatch it up. And luckily it went my way. So I had Awen go and snatch up the prize and pull back a little bit and then get ready for the incoming spider horde. So then on the next turn, we both charged in. I kind of tried to anchor myself a little bit to try and block off some of these big scary things so the spider queen was a bit off to, to one flank um and i tagged shelob before she could charge either um so there's none of those um movement bonuses and tim did a thing where he put some of his wags in front of in front of some of his giant spiders so i was quite happy with that because then i could block off his giant spiders for another turn so yeah then we just end up having a very big slaughter in the middle there's a big 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 scrap over the next few turns spider queen went down a flank 
um, was killing a whole bunch of Royal Guard. I wasn't super fast with that, actually, because that was Tim's only strike. Um, and keeping that away from all my heroes, I was quite happy, because then my heroes were able to, for the most part, just chop through spiders and wags as much as they can. I managed to do four wounds to Shelob in one turn, calling strikes with uh, multiple heroes every time, keeping gambling there to make sure they'd all have at least one in the bank. Elfilm was holding the, the flank that the Spider Queen was on, just try and try and stall that side. He eventually ended up going down, getting surrounded by bat swarms and stuff, going behind him and that type of thing, even with his defense. In the meantime, I had Eowyn running around to one to the other flank of the Spider Queen and slowly trying to, to work her way around the, the few wags and spiders that were there to try and get off the board as well. Yeah, so we were trading pretty evenly in the middle. Eventually, his heroes ran out of will. Tim had some really poor luck with some of his casting for Fury. Um, and for his enraged beast as well so i think he had to spend might on it for memory at some point as well so that meant that he was running low on might and especially with the spider queen over on on the other flank it meant that some of my heroes were beginning to have free reign in terms of heroic moves and stuff like that um so i eventually managed to start clawing my way into a bit of an advantage came down to late game spider queen came back in from from the bottom after having slaughtered six guys or so um and was starting to come in from behind and it was looking pretty even in the middle but i did have anyone on the flank and by this point she was starting to, to head towards the end of the board um there's a few wags and spiders there, but she still had might, so I knew that I could outrun them with the heroic move. So I was feeling pretty good about that. There was one turn, I believe it was the, the second last turn of the game. I had Shelob fighting Deal Wine and Dayton and Gambling or something like that. And Shelob had the one dice. I didn't have the might for a strike for whatever reason. I think they were calling other stuff, or they weren't out of range, weren't in range of the banner at the start of the turn. And Shelob rolled the six and then went into Gambling, and Gambling survived by his chinny chin chin. Um, that meant that I had might for the next turn which gave me a heroic move, which meant that I was able to clean up a whole bunch more of the spiders and prevent Tim from having more models near the center. Then on that last turn, Shelob won her combat again with one dice and tried to hurl Thaden and fortunately didn't cause any wounds to him at all, despite having to take a strength six and a strength three for the Thone Rider as well. So when, when the game was called, because Tim was called, we both had, I five models in the center. I'd put a cheeky wound on the Spider Queen with uh, Elf Helm, so that was a point. And I had uh, Aowen almost off the board. I think it was usually one turn away at the end of the game. Um, so it ended up being a, another major win for me, uh, 11 points to zero. Ooh. I saw stages of this game and it was magnificent. It was really great to it watch. It was a great game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim, like, I was, you know, obviously I was rooting for Tim because he's Victorian. Uh, and I was watching him play. I was doing my best to restrain myself from saying anything. Uh, and a couple of times I thought, oh, this is the play, and then he did it. And I'm like, oh, good work, Tim, good job. He, he actually did, a, a, like, a fantastic effort at trying to curb uh, Andrew's list, which is a very tough list, obviously, when it can be centralized the way that it was in this scenario. Um, yes, and he came very yeah. close. If he killed Gambling that turn, I think I might have been in trouble in the middle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and the, the, we actually had a, an audience by the end of the game. I had a five or six Victorians around my table <laughs> we all cheering for Tim. Yes. Uh... That was great. That was a good moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I really actually really enjoy that. I, I like the extra pressure. It's good fun. Oh, uh, awesome. Yeah, we won't do it next time then if you know what's coming. <laughs> if, if, if it I, I think you you're almost putting Tim off more yeah, than me. I think so. He seemed more nervous. We're like, we're trying to put Andrew off, Tim. Come on, keep playing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, did you get the... No, you, you didn't get the hero kill bonus point or the early finish in this one, did you? No, no. no. Okay. So at the moment, you were on one out of three bonus points. 
Yes. Yeah, and yes. I had not picked up any bonus points in my first game, and I got a regular win. So I was only on 15 points in my first game. I was a little, yes. lagging a little bit behind, as I yep. think you yep. came up and said to me at one point. I did. I pointed that yeah. out to you at the end of the first day. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I'll, I don't I'll know about this the... tactic. Get some bonus points, you two. This is pretty poor effort. Just to, leaving points on the board is not a good tactic in Masters. It is. Yeah, you, you got to so win, you gotta win the game. Not. It's not a good idea to leave points behind, but also you want to guarantee the win first. And I, I boring. Ah, yeah, oh, boring, boring. Okay. Well, anyway, too conservative. As we've said, we've won every game between us so far. So I'll move on to my game two. Uh, again, seize the prize. <laughs> I was playing against uh, Brody Miller. Race who I, the prize. Sorry, race to the prize. Yes, the modified. Is it was it modified this one or was it exactly the same? Um, well, you've got the you've got the objective, you've got the leader kill, you've got the broken, you've got the get off. I think that's it. I think oh, the, was, and the, the game middle. doesn't end when you take it off. It, it was the VPs for the middle though. That was. Um, it, it was one for each model. Yeah. No, no, no. It's whoever had more rather. Yeah, it was whoever had more. Yeah. So. Yeah. So ev- you scored a point for every single model within what was it six? Yeah, something like that. Anyway, so there, there were more points available in this scenario, and it had a slight more advantage, not just for getting to the prize first and racing it off, but also be able to hold the middle of the board. Uh, yes. So yes. I, yeah, so I came up against um, Brody Miller, who I'd played at Clash. Uh, he was running the Army of the Dead Legendary Legion, the the Return of the King, I think it is, uh, with Aragorn, who has Andrew for free. It also had Gimli and Legolas. And the King of the Dead with one Herald of the Dead. And I think the total model count was very low. It was about 16 to 18. So obviously some very strong heroes in there, but very low model count, which was not conducive to this particular uh, scenario as it turned out. So this was the reason I'd brought the captain along. This was his entire role in my army. Turn one, everyone in range, heroic march. And I just moved all the way up as far as I could. Everyone getting in range, lovely positioning. He also called a heroic march, obviously, with Aragorn for that free one, and got in range of the objective also, I believe, uh, if he heroic marched the next turn, which he did. Let's be honest, he did, because it's Aragorn. So, it's turn two, there was no shooting, Uh, I'd moved everything full, uh, and, oh, actually, Legolas may have taken a shot, I don't believe he managed to do anything with it that turn. Yes, he missed the first turn. Then, turn two. He marches again. I decide at this point not to march. Uh, my reasoning was, what? my reasoning was, and I, I know Jeremy, I know what you're thinking there, but my reasoning was what? The, what? The, the position of the yeah, central I'm, objective. I'm... No, no, no. Let me get to it. The positioning of the what? central objective, guys. Please, please, can I finish? <laughs> it was. I'm, I promise you, there was method behind the madness. There was a wall right next to the objective, and I would not have been able to get the elves to there. So, the the infantry, uh, simply because of the way that they were positioned there. So, his army of the dead would have been able to get over that wall and potentially hold the objective if I didn't manage to dig it up. And it would have been absolutely horrendous for me if I wasn't able to charge them. So, I let him have that one. He marched up. He did manage to dig up the prize with the king of the dead. So, there was some concerns early on, but... I was in a fantastic position, ready to counter charge. So that turn, Gilglad managed to get into the King of the Dead, and uh, we had a few other little fights, and the captain charged into a couple of dead as well. So, and and they they died, those two dead, and Gilglad did manage to take off a couple of fate from the King of the Dead, but unfortunately, his horse was shot out from under him by Legolas. 
So I rolled a six on the Throne Rider, luckily for me, and then managed to do a couple of wounds to the King of the Dead, uh, thanks to Enchanted Blades from Kirdan, who had also put up Aura of Command at this point, obviously. Army of the Dead, gonna need that Aura. So, unfortunately, the very next turn, Brody did manage to pass off. He won the roll off for a hope move, and he passed off the prize, and one of the dead started running away. I had all of my archers in a block going around his line, uh, hoping to get there. He'd, he had his riders coming a long way around because they couldn't fit through this ruin. Uh, so all of my archers were then, their goal was to chase down this one army of the dead dude who Brody was running backwards. The rest of my army went hard into the dead and got some good damage off. The king of the dead, dead had managed to escape Gilgalad, but Gilgalad started chopping dudes up. Uh, he called a heroic combat, I think, every single turn in this game. And he managed to kill a Herald of the Dead, the King of the Dead, and in the final turn, Aragorn himself. Not bad. Yeah, I was pretty pleased with those. Pretty pleased with those. And all my elves just swamped the dead. There wasn't too many of them. I was going two-handed. Uh, I always went two-handed as long as I had at least three models. Three models, I went one two-handed. Four models, two. Five models, two. Six models, three. I had the math sorted out in my head of how I wanted to do it and guarantee that I was going to kill these dead, and it worked perfectly. And then, just after I'd broken him, the biggest lucky moment of me for the game, my archers were trying to chase down this one army of the dead model that was simply running backwards with the artifact, and he broke, and the army of the dead rolled snake eyes on his courage test. Ooh. Oh, Ouch. Yeah. in Army of the Dead, failing Kyrie's test at clutch moment. You, you'd know all about that, wouldn't you, Kylie? I oh, think you had man. three that... in one turn one time. <laughs> oh. On three separate objectives, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that hurts. That hurts so much. So he's dropped the prize, the artifact. Uh, Legolas was still within range to potentially go and pick it up, but couldn't get there in time. I had a couple of elves track it down, couldn't quite reach it before the game ended, but were within three, and I had swamped the objective. So overall, I managed to score uh, 14 zip in that one. So yeah. I'm not sure you guys know how to play that scenario. First, you're not running oh, the, the, the center as fast Get as you can. Yeah, He's no. running backwards. Yeah. Are you sure you read it right? Yeah, no, you're, you're yeah. probably right. They're, probably both sides could have played that a little bit differently. Um, but look, I, I made a tactical decision to not go hard after the prize because I was worried about what potentially Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas could do to me in that first turn. Uh, well, Aragorn, Gimli, and the King of the Dead, I should say. And uh, that's not the first time, sorry, the last time that you're going to do this, this tournament. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely mm. right, yeah. Um, so I got maximum points from that game. Wow. You are lucked out there, Matt. Lucked wow. out well, so much. That courage tier. Both I, bonus points as well? Just to be clear, I th yeah, both bonus points because uh, Gilgalad did kill Aragorn in that last turn. Uh, just to be clear, even if the dead hadn't run away, there was no way he was going to get back to my board edge, and I would have got a maximum point victory anyway. Okay, because not yeah. to zero, is it? It's so uh, you no, would have given it, up as a long point as it's more and... than double. He would have only got, I, I think, like three points, two or three points for having. Yeah, it would have been three points. Side. Yeah, so I, I still would have got a maximum victory from that one. But yeah, it was it was a good. Are there any riders? To... <laughs> he had three riders, but half of the archers that had been chasing that one guy. So six of them, I think, went after him. After it ran away, only three continued on. Another few uh, caught up with Gimli and said hi. And then the other half of the archers and a couple of knights went back to the army of the de uh, the riders of the dead and just stalled them, kept them off the objective, 
killed one or two. So yeah, uh, that's pretty much what happened. His three riders, I think he he probably misplayed. He needed to put them all the way on the other flank, but he, he sent them all the way around a ruin to just try and catch me off guard, I guess, with the archers I was sending up that way. But they just ducked back through the ruin and went after that one guy. So yeah, that's how it worked out I feel out for like me the, the riders should have got hold of the objective and then tried to get it off the board. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, would have been definitely. the play. Uh, and then, you know, it, it would have been a very different game. But the very first turn when he marched, he didn't have the riders in there. The riders just went a completely different direction. So that, I mean, again, that's part of why I didn't call the march on the second turn. Yeah, and I can probably speak for, for Brody a little bit. Um, Brody's a relatively new player. He started playing end of last year. So he's still pretty fresh. And I think the Army Dead's kind of his, his army of, of choice at the moment. It's one that he's had the most practice with. Yeah, yeah. And I, I as I said, I played him up in Clash as well. And it was a, a much better matchup for him there because I had just Gondor and, and the Army of the Dead were just walking through me. They, they absolutely mashed me up. He played his Aragorn and his Herald really well in that game. In this game, I felt like uh, he needed to be a little bit more careful. He didn't need to send the King of the Dead in for the artifact. He could have picked it up with someone a little bit further back and just walled off the artifact a little bit more. Yeah, but, yeah. I, yeah. I, I remember because I was on the table next to you playing Tim, and I heard at one point saying you saying, Matt, like, no, no, I'm going to stop helping you now. I'm going to stop helping you now. I, several times. You're doing too well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were a few times. That that was the one game where I, I did start saying a few little things about his list. I said, oh, Gimli can throw a throwing axe here. And then I immediately went, why? Why? Why did I say that? Don't say that. You're a nice guy. <laughs> but yeah, um, and then after I realized that I'd said that to him, I, I just shut up. I just let the game run out. So, um, yeah, good game too. And I was on 35 out of 40 points, battle points at that point. Now, Matt, I have a theory about why you do that to the opponent. And I think it takes a lot of the pressure of you, off yourself because then you've got an excuse for when you lose. <laughs> you just say, oh, I just helped them along and I was really nice about it. And it just, it couldn't happen. And look, you know what? I would feel really bad if I, if I lost a game just because you didn't know how to beat me. So I thought I would just help you out a bit. And it takes some of that pressure off you because I know that you like to avoid the pressure wherever possible. Am I right? Yeah, it's it's totally self-sabotage. You're 100% correct. <laughs> that must yeah, be I knew it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely correct. It warn you, Matt. We said specifically in the messages beforehand, stop telling people how to beat your army. Stop it. You did, yeah. And I think definitely against Liam, I, I didn't give him anything. I, I would hope I didn't give Andrew any advice. He didn't need it. I probably couldn't have given him any advice. He knows his army much better than I do. And yeah, no. And I didn't give Josh anything either. Yeah, no. I, I think I was pretty good throughout the tournament. In, in I hope regard. my voice came to haunt you during that game, and I hope you just got annoyed by it, saying, stop helping. It was. Stop helping. I, I did. I Like, you heard it right, Andrew. I, I kept, like, oh, yeah, we I, made I, it a I, joke. I it was, it. Yeah, it was a joke towards the end of the game where he's like, have you got any more advice? And I'm like, ah, no, absolutely not. I do not. <laughs> it's, a hard, it's a hard thing, though, just to keep your mouth shut when it's your opponent's turn to, like, call actions or, or do their move. It, it, it can be very, very almost intimidating thing to kind of just sit there whilst your opponent goes through the motions while you're, you're watching them and going, man, I hope they don't do this. I hope they don't pull this off or call this action. Yeah, I find myself doing that a lot. Like, I'll prompt people. Like, you know, do you wish to call any actions? Or do you wish to do yeah. any shooting? Or whatever it might be. Yeah, I found myself doing that more and more as well. Yeah. yeah. I think it comes from uh, playing with new players in a relaxed setting. And you... I, I mean, that's probably most of the games I play now, I think. Uh, and just sort of coaching people with their army. Rather than yeah, sort yeah. of maximizing my own. That's... Yeah, I probably do that a lot more often now. And the only times I don't is actually at tournaments. So I've maybe gotten into some bad habits. But um, yeah, I think I shook them. Oh, I think they're good habits. They're good habits. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You could look at it both ways. 
But yeah, yeah that yeah. that was it's my all about that too. sports score. All about that sports score. All about the oh the sweet sports scores. Yep, that yeah, yeah that was huge. <laughs> <laughs> I gave full spots to everyone. I, I just can't not, you know. I, 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 I don't even look at the slips anymore. I just go, yeah, yeah, full sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. Good sports. Okay, round three. Yes, so round three, I was playing Scott Norwood. We were playing Random Encounter. So Random Encounter is a mission that Kylie wrote for Masters a couple of years ago. Um, it's a really interesting one. So there's a set of six objectives. You know, some of them are keeping your heroes alive. Some of them are killing your opponent's heroes capturing certain objectives on the board, um, breaking your opponent's army, getting to the other side of the board. And you are given two of those at random. And so is your opponent. And you mm. do not know which you ever have. When I heard that he had changed it in that particular way, I, I thought that was a bit suspect. Uh, in what way? Because I had, I had spent years, literal years, playtesting, like, those scenarios and and balancing them out for 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 literal high competitive tournament play and when i found out that it was only two of the random missions instead of three and the deployment had changed drastically i went has has this been play tested or not and yeah i i think it i felt it actually took away some of the competitive edge of that of that particular scenario yeah i will say though the thing that was added was very cool um the third random objective was board specific so depending on what board you were playing on you would have a different set of objectives so then some of them were based around capturing key points on that particular board or um if it fit the theme of a board particularly well you might be focusing on killing extra heroes and stuff like that um but yeah i, I definitely see where you're coming from yeah i I don't mind that kind of thing, like board specific, but I feel that should be left for like Masters was always intended to be a bit of a, a competitive tournament. And when you're making the objectives different for every table, it changes the dynamics of the tournament simply through, you know, how matchups can go and stuff because it's not something that you can plan for or can kind of foresee. Because if you don't know that there's you know, board-specific objectives going into it, that can really mess out some of your plans and stuff. Yeah, I, I don't think it was too bad, Kylie. I, the, the the extra secret objective was, they were fairly generic. They still were, like, along the same sort of lines as the normal secret objectives. So, at least from my experience in the two games that I played. So, I, I don't yeah, think, I, I don't I think it made a huge maybe, difference. Maybe I, I was just a little frustrated with the fact that, you know, I got asked if someone could you know, use scenarios that I had written and designed mm -hmm. and then gone ahead and changed them quite drastically. Yeah, well, you know, he just wanted to put his own spin on it. Yeah. But, I, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. It's just, yeah, it was a bit, a bit of a, it was a bit of a shock when I found that out. Um, and yeah, I wasn't, wasn't too a hundred percent happy with it, but then again, I did give away masters to another player to to run, and and that's yeah. And it. everyone brings their own spin to things, don't they? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. just it would have been nice to have been uh, told, hey, I'm thinking of doing this with something you created. Can you uh, what, what do you think? Yeah, no worries. Well, yeah, I, I think it turned out okay. I, I think they worked out. Yeah, well, but yeah. I understand uh, where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we were playing Random Encounter. Um, I was playing Scott. So we were playing on a lovely Rohan board. I felt great. Home advantage. I love it. A few open fields, some hedges, some houses. And Scott was bringing the Rangers of Athelion Legendary Legion. Um, so he had Faramir, Frodo, Sam. No Golem. I was a little bit sad about that. A whole bunch of Rangers. There were two um, Captains of Minas Tirith in there as well. So there were 40 shots a turn, there was 50-odd models, and the objectives that I got 
were bodyguard and assassinate. So I had to keep my heroes alive and I had to kill his. Um, and when I saw that, I got a little bit of a grin on my face. I had to try and hide because only one of the many heroes that he had, I think he had six, I think he had six heroes, only one of them had strike and that was Faramir. Um, so I knew that if any of my heroes ever charged one of their heroes, they would probably be able to kill them. Uh, the, the objective for the board was um, there were two statues of Rohan near the middle that you needed to, to control. I knew that Scott wanted to get shots off at me, probably. So I knew that he was probably going to give those up as well, um, which is what happened. So we started deploying, and I was pretty much close to the line. Scott was as far back as he could be with all these guys. Um, so I knew that I was going to take one turn of shooting, and hopefully I'd be able to shield all my heroes and use fate uh, for Horse Lord to try and keep them alive until I got into him. And I knew that once I got into him, the Royal Guard would be able to do really well with a higher fight and being strength four. Um, and be able to wound him on fours. Um, and I knew that all my heroes would be pretty much unstoppable, considering most of them have strike, and he can't really contest that. Um, so we set up. Scott spread out his thin green line of, of arrows. I called a march turn one to get as close as I could to him. Um, he fired away and shot. I think he killed two Royal Guard or so. He took, I think, two Fate off a couple of my heroes. I had to spend a couple of Might to spend Fate. Yeah, I had to spend Might on those Fate rolls as well. And then turn two, I caught a heroic move and won it. Ran into him. And I killed 14 models, including two heroes on the first turn of charging. So yeah, it became a, a slaughter there very quickly because I was able to punch straight through the middle, take out the might was, that was in that vicinity, which meant that I could heroic move again next turn and then do it again. Yeah, once I punched through the middle and cut his force in two and I was able to jump in one half, Scott was really battling to, to stay in it. He was trying to go for the, the objectives that were scattered around the board with, with ranges and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he just had no answer to my heroes whatsoever, purely because he couldn't catch them and he couldn't shoot them when they were in combat um, and he couldn't beat them in combat um, because most of them had strike. So it was a very, very, very difficult position for him because the board itself was pretty open, so he couldn't really run into forests or hide behind the corner of buildings and stuff like that and try and skirmish me as much as he could. Um, yeah, so it was a very, very tough matchup for him. Ended up coming out with uh, with uh, max points in that one, so 24 to 0. Um, so coming out with a major win, and we finished with about an hour to spare. So full bonus points in that one as well. So coming out of day day one, I was considering I was in the group of death, I was very pleased with how I'd gone. I'd only dropped three points in the whole day. Yeah, extremely impressive, uh, especially with the players that you were playing against and the armies you were playing against too. Yes, yes, yep. I think I was up against some of the, the lists I was most worried about mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. No, well done. So yeah, you did manage to kill Faramir, didn't you? You just mentioned Yes, that. yes. Yeah. There wasn't much left, unfortunately, by yeah, the end. I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, that that was a list that uh, I was, even with Blinding Light, I was kind of worried about facing that. But uh, yeah, no, well done. Well done. You got through it. And uh, big points, day one. Oof. I was concerned. That was the point of when you came up to me and said, what are you doing, Matt? You're lagging behind. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I was lagging behind. And I will describe now exactly why I was lagging behind. So yeah, actually it was mainly my game one against Liam. Yeah, that's that's why I was lagging behind. So my game three, random encounter. I was also playing a Scott. I was playing the other Scott. Uh, and yeah, that he... Scott was actually my battle brother. So if we ah. do anything where you pair up with someone else and there there's a prize go. for between the two of you. So I was cheering for Scott. Nice, nice. So Scott uh, had Durin's Folk and it was actually beautifully painted. Uh, and unfortunately, I didn't see it when the voting was going on. I, I'm, I don't know how I missed it, but I didn't see it. When I saw it up close when we were playing, it, it looked fantastic. Great army. Um, he won Best Painted, I believe. He did, so it didn't matter. My vote didn't count. Don't worry about it. So yeah, Scott, really well done, well painted. Uh, and we were playing Random Encounter, same as Andrew. Uh, we had, uh, he had Durin, 
So immediately I'm like, ooh, that's one of those heroes that Gilglad is not particularly fond of. Uh, he also had a King's Champion with his two Heralds and a Captain uh, who had a Shield Bearer Shield. So I was a little confused when at first I thought it was a Shield Bearer. No, it was a Captain. It's just a Captain. So uh, we set up and my secret objectives were Protect. So my two objective markers. Uh, and the four objective markers were sort of evenly spaced in sort of a diamond formation. Because uh, I'd already seen the objectives before we placed them, so I knew where I wanted mine one. But unfortunately, he placed my other one on the opposite side of the board. So immediately I'm like, oh no, that's a shame. Oh well. Uh, so I placed his too far apart as well, just in case he had that one. So I had Protect, I had Bodyguard, which was just keeping my heroes alive, basically. Uh, and having more heroes than him at the end of the game. I'm like, perfect. That's exactly what I'm able to do with my army. That's what my army does. So fantastic secret objective for me. And then double down on that because the table was Mordor. And the secret objective for the table was basically killing enemy heroes to get extra points. Uh, and keeping your general alive. And killing the enemy general with your general. So immediately I knew my goal for the game, kill Durin, I'll probably win the game with Gilgalad. So turn one, we both just moved up. I was keeping a pretty standard formation. Uh, he had a handful of bows, but they were like half warriors, half rangers. So I was outranging the warriors with my bows, because they were only 18 shot, uh, sorry, 18 inch range, uh, and shot out a number of the rangers and pretty much won the shooting duel there. So the, the archers were all just shooting at each other which I mainly did because they were on the objective that I needed to get. So I felt like it was probably a good idea to thin down the numbers at first. Now he made a, well, it was an error. He made an error at the start of the game, which is he kept his heroes in his front line to begin with facing a Gilgalad. I saw that Ooh. and I'm like, yep, uh, this could be a win on turn one, basically, or turn two, as, as the two armies moved up. Turn two, I spaced out my line into three chunks. I had a middle chunk, I had a few models on the left, and I had a handful on the right to stop anything coming around some terrain. And then on the left-hand gap, I threw Gilglad into the captain. I positioned my captain and Kierdan so that both of them could potentially call a heroic move and get virtually everything that I needed to get. Gilglad calls a heroic combat on the captain, and then Scott declined to call any heroic actions from his heroes. I thought, brilliant, this could be two down turn one. Got the heroic combat off, however, it cost me a might to win the combat. So I'm two might down, but I gain one back, I'm on two might, right? I, I, I'm sorry, I just glossed over the fact that Gilglad just killed a captain. Like, he just looked at it, it and knows. died. Yeah. That's what he does. That's yeah. what he does, yeah. Love yeah. and glory. Yeah. Love I, and glory. I had also uh, used Enchanted Blades this turn, I should point out. Very, very important. Combated, and I looked, and the King's Champion was immediately to my right. It was situated right next to where the captain had been. However, as I'd mentioned, I had put a second gap into my line right where Durin was. And it took me a solid two minutes to decide on this move, and I charged Durin. And that was probably one of the biggest mistakes I made in the tournament, <laughs> as it turns out. Well, when, when, your, when, when your opening line comes with, I decided to charge Durin. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty only, much. Uh, that is the start of a very, very bad story. Yeah, that's that's like that meme where it's like to be continued when something horrible is about to happen. So yeah, um, Gilglad charges into Durin, does manage to win the fight, does only two wounds. Now that's with knockdown, that's with enchanted blades. Only two wounds. So immediately I'm yeah, it's deeply Durin. concerned. Yep. 
and I believe he saved one of them with his uh, six plus save. Magic hat, magic, magic hat. hat, and the other one with his fate point. Magic hat. So he's on three wounds, and he still has his magic hat, of course. And Gilglad is sitting there, slightly exposed. My position was still pretty good, but the the counter charge was coming, and Duran was probably going to get back up. So the next turn, I've called a heroic move with Kiran. I've picked. I've, I've got just about everything in there, so I would have been able to get Gilglad out of there. However, he's also called a heroic move with Durin and won the roll off. So, this is where it all came down to some really tricky moves. Durin was able to get into Gilglad. He just charged straight back in. He said, I'm not even concerned about you. Uh, the reason being Gilglad was down to one might point at this stage. So, because uh, I'd had to use another one to win the fight against Durin. That's right. Yeah, I had to use one to beat the captain, one to call the combat, and one to beat Durin. Got one back from killing the captain. Durin gets back up, charges straight into Gilglad. No concerns at all. He knows that he can kill Gilglad. He's already faced him once and survived. He's going to take him on. And he managed to get in a couple more models and a couple of spear supports because he had a few vault wardens in the army. I should mention he had a ton of half guard and about eight iron guard. So his list was very heavy on the damage output. I, it was a very scary list to face. So he did manage to get all that in, but he couldn't trap Gilglad, very importantly, because I'd done the line well enough to prevent that. And then he just charged, he started charging things in. Luckily for me, the way that the gap in the line was done, he couldn't actually get around my line at all because the heroic move did not extend far enough for that. So it was basically just one half of his army comes forward and just engages me, Durin and a couple of models into Gilglad. I got the rest of my move because I had priority there and I had to just set it up so that Gilglad had the banner and a place to back away. Everything else came in. My Rivendell Knights were gunning for objectives and I was just holding off and preventing him from trying to trap me, trap my entire line basically, because he did have a quite a high model count, I think. It, it was up there, it was not as high as mine, but close. So from there, I had one white point left. I'm like, Durin is definitely gonna strike. What do I do? Do I strike up as well, get the equal fight value probably, and potentially win at the Elven Blade? but probably do no damage. Or, because I had also botched the Enchanted Blades with Kirdan's move when he eventually got to move. Or, do I call my first ever heroic defense in the new rules? I went with Amazing. the choice. Amazing. I went with the defense. Amazing ability. And I went you know for what? it. That was a good decision. Yep. Yep, I did feel it was the correct decision, and especially Doesn't because... help your horse though, unfortunately. No, that's true. But, look, I called the heroic defense, he went in with uh, Durin, struck up, got to the high fight value, won the fight, and he managed to do two wounds to Gilgalad. Uh, he'd only taken one previously against Liam when, when Groblog got one off, but two wounds on Gilgalad, and, you know, terrifying stuff. Uh, I took them both because there was no point just saving one. Um, but he didn't go after his horse. He just threw all six at Gilgalad, uh, all seven strikes at Gilgalad, and just couldn't get that third wound to have a potential kill. So Gilgalad managed to back away. I, I was very pleased with my positioning because he managed to back away into my line so that even less would get in next turn, potentially. And he had survived. He had survived an attack from Durin and was still on his horse, in fact. And from there, he was out of might with Durin, I believe. He had used some to uh, save the fate earlier and also to strike up and to call the heroic move. So he'd used all three. However, I didn't feel comfortable charging him again the next turn. So I called a heroic move and I charged Gilglad back around into a king, uh, into a warrior. No way. Heroic retreat. Yeah, hero, it, was, it was a heroic retreat. The captain called a heroic move, got back around and I, yeah, no, I charged a herald. 
That's what happened. I charged a Herald with Gilglad. So uh, the lines were a bit of a mess at this point. Um, I was trying my best just to hold the tide of dwarves because every combat they were killing something. If they won the combat, they were killing something. Uh, the banner could only cover so much space and he was outnumbering me at this point because he'd gotten a few kills early. I managed to kill this Herald with Gilglad the next turn, get a might point back. Next turn, into the champ, killed him, might point back. Heroic combated into him, I believe, off a warrior because uh, he still had a might point left too because he'd been clawing heroic moves, but only one might. Went into him, got him. And then, uh, towards the end of the game, Durin's trying to hack through my warriors. I'm just blocking him off because I had a bit more might than he did. And then eventually he gets through and Gilglad goes, you, round two. Straight into him, got him in one. Enchanted blades up again and got him in one. Smack. Durin gone. And from there, all the bodyguard was gone. I had Aura of Dismay up. And it was just a matter of all the dwarves running away, really. Um, they were struggling to charge. They were struggling to stay on the board. At one point he, because I'd shot out most of his uh, warriors over on the objective, and the Rivendell Knights came charging in and managed to clean them up. So I held that objective. I then sent a few more over to his objective, which he was attempting to take as well and clean that up too. So I knocked everything off those. I had just Kierdan on my objective uh, that was on my side of the board at the end of the game. And I, in the very last turn, he decided to charge Gilgalad, uh, I guess to prevent me from moving within three of an objective, which was also worth a point for the board secret objective. So I had two spare models. I threw them both onto the objective that he had one model on to deny him those four points. So at the end of the game, I had managed to kill all bar one of his heralds with Gilgalad, and that was just worth a ton of points. That was worth nearly everything, and all my heroes had survived, even though Gilgalad had been a little bit battered. So I managed to score a 19-5 to win, uh, which was worth 18 battle points, and I did not get either of the, the bonus points because the game did run over time. Even though we did finish, we got the 10 turns done, but the game ran over the ending time. And I turned to Adam, I said, what do you think? And he said, no. Nah. And I said, ah, fair enough. And yeah, and Gilglad was wounded, so I couldn't get the other bonus point. So day one, I'm sitting on, uh, 15, 33, 45, 53 points to Andrew's 57, with probably a few people between us, I think. Yeah, so I believe from what I was told, we were actually third and fourth going into day two. Um, oh, really? Josh, yeah, which is why we matched up. Josh Coleman and Daniel May, I think both had 58. Oh, there you go. Okay, so yeah. I was fourth then on 53. Yep. Interesting. Yep. So I think we hmm. both had a very good first day. Oh, for sure. Mm, good first better, day, I like it. Yeah, yeah yep. very happy yep. with how that went. The win over Liam I was particularly proud of. Yep. And you should be. Thank you. Always a tough player. Mm. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. I will say the last 20 minutes of your game against Scott, because I'd finished an hour early, I'd been wandering around watching all the other games. And naturally, because he was my brother, battle brother, I started to wander over to your table, Matt, and then mm -hmm. managed to gather a crowd of New South Welshmen, and we got a little bit of payback for what you'd done to me last game against Tim. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, I yeah. almost forgot about Fo that. Every single, cheers. every single successful charge that the dwarves made into the aura of dismay at the end of the game received a massive cheer from all the New South Welshmen <laughs> that had crowded around the table. Uh, and every one combat and every failed roll by me. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, interesting atmosphere. I had not experienced that within the game before. <laughs> but, yeah, no, really cool. Good stuff. Matt, I really do like your tactic to charge into to Durin. I know it's a big, big risk, but that mm. army is just so much better with Durin on the board. 
And once he's off the board, as you said, suddenly courage is an issue for them. And bodyguard is no longer there for every reason. Duran himself is just a beat stick. He's just killing guys every turn. So until you take him out, he's really making a dent in your line. I think mm-hmm. it's the right call. I think when you want to take that dwarf army apart, you've got to have an answer for Durin. Yeah, and the you know I I looked at it and I went, look, I set this up. This was my plan. I'm going to go ahead with it. So I did end up doing it. Didn't work out the first time, but managed to pull it back. Clutch heroic defense, best best heroic action, <laughs> and uh, yeah, was pretty happy with the result. Well done to both of you. So I want to know what kind of festivities did you have on the Saturday night? I had a family engagement, so uh, mine was Ooh. fairly muted. I gotta say, um, and I got a good night's sleep as well, which is always helpful. <laughs> Don't the always worst. get that. Right. Very boring. I, I, I'm I'm still of the opinion that sleep is the best thing you can do for yourself if you're trying to to win a a, a multi day tournament like. Like th- this came in like hammered in even more so like at Artic when we were at Articon the other last year and coming into coming into a day hungover is just it's just the worst it's the Ooh. absolute worst. Yep, totally agree. And totally I have to disagree. say, <laughs> I, I have to say, <laughs> I, I think this was the first ever silver uh, <laughs> so first ever event in Sydney. So Clash or Masters or whatever else where I rocked up day two. 100% sober. I had no hangover to speak of. I only oh, had, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, Jeremy. I know how you would have preferred it, but I only had two beers. Uh, we went to the RSL for dinner, same as uh, earlier in the year at Cot. I think, wasn't it, Andrew? Or Yeah, that's yeah, right, same yeah. place. And uh, yeah, we met up with Sean, which was great. Good to see him. Um, he's going well. And yeah, we all just had a, a quiet dinner, quite a few beers. Uh, I know a few of the boys did end up going out, and I think we lost a couple of the guys at, at some point. But I had a few already gone home. Going to the city. Yeah, yeah. I think Liam yeah. and oh yeah, no. Um, there were some adventurers out there. It was um, Jade's friends, right? The, the yeah, new yeah. guys. So oh yes, of of course. Of yeah, course. yeah, yeah. Yes. So yeah, I know there were a few people that <laughs> stumbled in to Josh about three a.m. in the morning. Yeah, yeah. So, at Liam's place. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, I was very sensible, Un- unconscionably so. I can't believe how sensible I was, but I got a solid six to seven hours sleep that night. Oh, Matt. Matt. It's never Matt. happened before, Jeremy. It may never happen the again. The standards are slipping yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. What happened to the beer pong? Ah, uh, you know, we, we all grew up a little bit, didn't we, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's, that's sad. Oh, I guess it is. Growing yeah. up a little bit. Oh. Didn't grow up. I haven't grown up. <laughs> Poor effort, Matt. Oh, uh, look, we'll, we'll have to get something going for the next big one. Is, is it Clash next year? Clash next... Oh, is, is Clash first? Because Clash... Isn't Clash getting moved next year? Yes, yeah, I remember I think Clash is getting moved. I can't remember to when. The- yeah, I think they discussed that at, in the, at the end of the tournament. But yeah, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll figure that out later. But yeah, one, yes. one big drink up at some point. We'll get there. Fair enough. Okay, well, let's have another break and then we'll come back of your uneventful games on day two after your sleep in. <sighs> So we're back for, for day two, and I am I am super, 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 super interested to hear about what happened day two, because 
me, little old me, sitting at work, you know, going through the motions, gets this little text from Josh that says, Matt's against Andrew, heads up, top of day two. And I'm like, damn. So I am I am super curious to, to hear how this game between these Goliaths, uh, if you will, the two favorites for the tournament, one might say, head-to-head, Victoria versus New South Wales. Guys, what happened in this game? So I don't know about you, Matt, but I think... Yeah. I viewed you as my biggest opponent at the event, and I knew that out of all the games, is probably the most important one if you want to go on and win the tournament. I, I would absolutely say likewise. And um, just as a little bit of context, there was a moment, I think it was the night before, yeah, it was the night before, Adam actually posted up, or maybe it was that morning. At some point, Adam posted early up morning. the draws. Sure, yeah, yeah. Early, early morning, because I got a text from Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at some point, Adam posted up the draw, um, but he'd made some mistakes and he, the, the main one was that I, in the initial draw, I was playing Andreas and you were playing someone else. Oh, that's right. Me. Yes. Yep. Yes. And then I yes. look away for five minutes I'm, and I start planning out my game against Andreas <laughs> thinking like, okay, how do I deal <laughs> with the Necromancer or this stuff? And then I look back at my phone to look at what board we're on. And suddenly it says Matt versus Andrew. And I'm like, what, 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 what happened? What did I do? Oh no! <laughs> and, uh, yep. Turns out Adam had just made a slight error and suddenly it was me versus Andrew. My response was, God damn it, Adam. Thank you very much. But, uh, yeah, no, totally agreed. Uh, yours was the one name I was both hoping for and dreading at the same time to eventually be drawn against. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, why don't we give a bit of context as to how much we played each other? So I think I did a bit of digging. So we played each other five times. Okay. And most of them have been um, for pretty important things. So we first played in class in 2015. Yep. I and That was in the last round. That I ended up coming second off that win. Okay. Yep. We played at a SIL. I think it was a SIL. I think Josh was running it. Um, and you spanked me and you ended up winning that from memory. I, don't, cool. I can't remember if it was a SIL or some other event. I had a dragon at the time. You yes, I had Bjorn and the elves, and I yes, had Bjorn to yes. win that one. Yep. Yeah. So th that's one and one. Then we played in Masters in 2017, and you spanked me again, and that got you third place that year, didn't it? it did I ended up getting uh, absolutely hammered by Lockie in the next round? Yes. So that was what yes. cost me the win. Um, but yeah, that was. That, I don't think that one was a spanking. That was that was a well fought game. I I don't know what I was thinking yeah. in that game. I sent Kilgallad off on a solo mission yes that's right he killed yeah. a lot of goblins that game he did. <laughs> he um did. then we played at last year's masters yeah um, and i ended up taking that one you did yes um and then we played earlier this year at clash and, and you i got also that one that as well yeah yeah so going in up the record was three two to me there you go uh, so, so matt you're looking for a bit of revenge here it seems i was i think uh, i even said at some point uh hoping we have a rematch uh, when I yes. found out that you were taking the same or, or a very similar list to what you had at Clash. Yes, to, to what I had Clash, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't many ways around two. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so this is it. A scenario so, was... Uh, so, table and scenario, what, what, what are we looking at? Contest of Champions. So, it's a slightly modified Ooh. version of Contest of Champions. So, if you lose your champion, um, another hero within three inches becomes your new champion. So, the game isn't simply over on one, turn one or two. When someone loses their hero, he gets sniped. Yeah, so it just sure. allows a little bit more longevity there. 
But there was another major change that made it a little bit less Contest of Champions-y. And yes. that was the fact that at the end of the game, every model within six inches of the center granted you a victory point. Kylie, what's your Ooh. thoughts on that one? Ooh, uh, I don't think I... Oh. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sold. I'm not a hundred percent sold. Mm. Uh, simply simply because sorry, actually no. I, I do have one question. How does the game end? Is it twenty five percent? Twenty five percent. Yep. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Twenty five percent. I don't mind it. All right. Yeah, because there's an extra we, balance. Um, I yeah. find. There. Yeah, because yeah, one hero has um, done really well, but their army has been entirely wiped. So it gives the other person still a chance to to come back into it. Yeah, and there is time for the heroes to score points, basically. Yes, Yeah. yes. So, so, yeah. so Matt, what were your thoughts going into it? Uh, going in, I thought, well, I have Gilgalad, so that's a pretty good advantage in Contest of Champions. Uh, and I also have the numbers, which, with the extra victory points available, was also a pretty solid advantage. However, I then looked at the board, and the board we were playing on, it was called Rune, but what it really was was water, for some reason. <laughs> There were, half the board was covered in rice patties, which I immediately said, okay, I'm not going anywhere near that, because uh, they counted as shallow water. And then there was also a river running all the way through the middle. Now, luckily for me, it was a fairly small river. I think it was about two inches wide all the way along. Yeah, it was about that. Yeah. So it, it wasn't the biggest of disadvantages, but looking at it, I'm like, damn, Cav loves that. Cav absolutely loves that, and that really kind of sucks for me, because there was one more bridge besides the center on my side, and one on your side, I believe, as well, which we, we didn't end up, uh, didn't come into play. But there were only really two crossings, and it was costing me basically four, uh, yeah, four inches of move every time I was trying to cross over it. So, mm. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty happy when I saw the borders. Great, I can work with this. Yeah, yeah. So... I was thinking, you know, my hero can rack up the kills, but Andrew will likely be charging him with Theoden and striking up and trying to get two kills a turn with Theoden. And he that was my plan. And, and yeah. yeah, and you could do that continuously, but yes, it would come at a risk later in the game. So that it was would. my thoughts on how it was going to pan out. And I realized I needed to still go after heroes with Gilgalad. I couldn't just try and go get as many points as possible with the troops because the heroes would whittle me down to the point that I wouldn't be able to get enough VPs on the objective at the end of the game. So that overall, that was yeah. my strategy. It was, don't be afraid to go after heroes with Gilglad, because I was going to need to take some of them out. It was, uh, don't lose Gilglad's horse early, which I still nearly did anyway, even though mm -hmm. I was planning around it. Shows just how nasty Elfhelm is. Um, very, very nasty. Mm, mm. And, and just to not give you that one big charge that I kind of let you have at Clash. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I know we discussed as well before the game that you didn't know how you felt about this Legion. You just wanted to, to play against a couple more times and see, and yeah. kind of feel it out as it were. Yeah. Because I, it really, um, yeah, so, so I, I, think, I think it remained, the only time that I'd played it before this game was that game up at, in, uh, at Clash. Yes. I and I know I definitely took it by surprise by simply running into you and bowling you over. I was absolutely shocked that that was yeah. uh, effective and that actually worked, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, my, my plan was get Thaden in, have him striking every turn, killing a couple of elves and just racking up the points that way while trying to snipe out Google Ad and tie him down with Elfhelm with heroic defense and with the throwing spear to try and knock out his horse. 
I was concerned because there was a bridge in the middle and the objective was in the middle of it that I'm just going to have to split my force around the bridge and that if you stack the side and I misjudge improperly, it'd be really hard for me to get to the other side of the bridge and push you off that objective. Yeah. But that's not quite what ended up happening. No, no. It was a little bit different to that, yeah. Yes. What, what did happen at this So, time? Matt, you want to explain what you did? Okay, so first turn of the game, I did not start up near the center. I started probably 10 inches back with a number of archers and then the rest of my line uh, a little bit behind them. I actually made a bit of a blob, an elfy blob, which is my favorite kind of formation okay. for elves. Yeah. Uh, and then turn one, uh, I believe we both caught a heroic move. We did. And I moved backwards. I moved away from the objective. And I I'm have sorry. to admit, yep, yep, I know, I know. Moved away from the objective. <laughs> I did. That was my reaction as well. Yep. Okay. And look. Please enlighten us. <laughs> I, I will admit it was a little bit of David tactics. It was a little bit of just do something that Andrew won't expect and see how he reacts. And, you know, uh, we'll, we'll talk about how it panned out as the game goes, but... Uh, I did not expect it. <laughs> yep. You, you immediately <laughs> said, oh, sure. okay. Yeah. Partially, the reasoning was there was a bridge behind me. I wanted to potentially okay. choose whether I wanted more models to quickly get from one side to the other. Mm -hmm. And then I was hoping maybe to catch Andrew off guard to make him overextend. Now, Andrew doesn't make many mistakes. So that, it was, you know, a bit of a risk. And I, yeah, I, I really just wanted to see what you would do with that, Andrew. And I thought we'd yeah. have a fair bit of time in this game to be able to move back and forth. The elves are very tough to take down with they your are. infantry. Yeah. So it's really only the heroes and heroic combats for you are very, very risky. Oh yes, because yeah. if I ever I lose one, I'm probably gonna lose a horse. Yeah, exactly. And when you're that many dice with a banner behind you, that the chance of losing the fight are pretty high. Yes, yeah. So yeah, so my killing comp potential compared to usual was much much lower. That's right. That so that's what I was thinking. I wasn't too worried about you know brutal heroic combats that were knocking out like sixteen elves a turn or something crazy like that because I knew with all my shields and with all my fight six I should be able to prevent anything too crazy happening like that. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So after you ran away, I spent about five minutes sitting there thinking, what do I do? I think I and went to the bathroom, this. came back, yep. and maybe one model had moved. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, so what I ended up doing was kind of creeping forward, I guess, getting into a position where I was now, I had the bridge, and I ran up Elfhelm so that he would be just in range of Gilgalad to try and snipe him out and knock out his horse turn one. And Matt immediately went, oh dear. Yeah, not good. <laughs> no, very, very no, I... big concern. <laughs> yes. So I think I, I actually caught a heroic shoot on that first time, I think, from memory, just to try and make sure that he wouldn't get thrown off his horse. Yes, because I had try and get quite a off. lot of shots at you as well. I think yes. almost all of my archers, almost all of you know my 12. Game, yeah. You know a game's going to be good if someone calls a heroic shoot. Yeah, to be yes. fair, Andrew's army can afford to, though. Yes, not, not yes. Many so like, oh, I'll get that back later, that's fine. Yeah. I think I called it with Mary from memory, so I think I got straight back. Mm -hmm. So yes, Elfhelm took his spear, lined up the shot. He had one in the way from an Elven archer. He hit, he got through with all his rerolls, hit Gilglad, hit Gilglad again. So his horse was safe. Horse was safe. Very, Didn't very, like very lucky. Some, some might to make sure you got yeah, I don't a, think he could. I don't think he could. I don't think I could for memory. Uh, did you just, what, roll a six into another six? Yeah, someone. No. I think the second one was a six. 
I think so, yeah. I uh, did not take a wound. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So, Matt breathed a sigh of relief there. I did, yep. Um, uh, that early in the game, I still needed the horse to get around. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, so then we went on to the next turn. I think I won priority, I believe. Yeah, that sounds right. You had a lot of it early, and then I had a bit of it late, I think. Yeah, yeah. so then I decided, okay. He had a couple of elves in the forest um, that were kind of closer than the rest of his army on the other side of the river. So I thought, okay. I want to try and use this river as much as I can and try and force all these heroes to, to commit to one side of the river and then I'm going to run across the other side of the river. He'll, you'll have very little might and then I can run free on that side while the rest of your army is trying to catch up. Yep, yep. And uh, that, I want to say, was a little bit of bait. I kind of did want you to come into a forest and, yes. then, and then try and back into it. So ideally I was trying to survive the first turn uh, with those, I think it was yes, three archers yes. in the little forest. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought, well, if I get Thane in and then that's kill, that puts pressure on you, and then you need to actually start doing something about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that was the plan. So I went in. You ran a bunch of extra guys in as well. I think Gilgalad came in as, around the flank as well. Yeah, so you, you blocked off sort of the river uh, area with Elfhelm and uh, Daewon, I think. Yes. Does that sound right? So. And, yes, and Dernhelm right. as well was in there. Uh, and you had Thane and Gamling and Aomer sort of position around those three elves. Yes. Yeah. And then what you did do was try and block off the gap with a warrior of Rohan, or a rider of Rohan, I should say. However, it was just within Gilgalad's reach. Yes. Okay. I think I was a bit sloppy there. I wasn't yeah. paying proper yeah. attention. I, when I saw that, like immediately I saw that move and it wasn't like a late move. It was quite early because you're like, yeah, I want to stop every, anyone coming around behind yes. Aimer and that. Yeah. When I saw it, I'm like, I reckon that's within 10. Yeah. And as it yeah. turns and out, it was. It was. Yeah. So immediately I went, yep, Gilgalad, he's going to use that to his advantage. He's going to charge into that rider. I got maybe four other models in there, I think including the captain as well. Yeah, had, the captain was definitely in there as yeah. well. And uh, one of them, I think Gilgalad called the heroic combat because I wanted to maximize my might um, and I knew he had the potential to yep. get one back. Blood. Yep, Blood and glory. And that very turn, he managed... To, oh, actually, yes. Now, this is one I had a big question for you with this play. You ended up calling a heroic combat with Aomer this turn. Yes. Yes. So that, that was, was me thing. taking a gamble. Mm -hmm. Because then if Aomer won that, they could get out of range of, of all your guys. Yep, okay. And, and I'd be a killer. Um, and you, if, even if I struck, you had two heroes in there, you'd combat and strike, and you have the elven weapons, so I'd probably lose that fight anyway, so yep. I need to get out of there. Yep, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. That's fair, cool. that's fair. Yep. Yeah, so I thought, okay, I could strike, but I'll probably still lose, so I'm better off just taking the 50-50 roll off on which heroic combat goes first. Yeah, okay. Because that's, that's really interesting, because just from my perspective, I, I didn't want to call the captain's might. I wanted to save it for moves later on. Yeah, yeah. So like, I, and I knew that was the case, yeah. but I thought, if you can kill Aima, you're effectively getting one back anyway. So it's like yeah, you yeah. Pay, pay for the strike, but it's still free, effectively. Yeah. I see what you mean, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, had you struck... I, yeah, I, I could see what you were thinking in terms of what I could potentially do. Had you yeah. struck, I probably just would have called the combat with Gilgalad and then tried to take out the two riders that were sort of just that behind. Were nearby. Yeah. That is really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because my thinking was, well, that's two more points for Gilgalad potentially. And I, yeah. I was pretty confident he could take them down. Yeah, yeah. Man, man this is turning into, like, such a, a to-and-fro, like, 
both of you trying to just get a small edge on the other constantly. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Yeah, it was a really how, good game. Yeah. I'm a little I, disappointed I didn't get to go <laughs> up and watch this game now. You would have really enjoyed it, yeah. It, it is interesting hearing your perspective on what my army's potential was and then sort of uh, vice versa. Like Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool, actually. We don't have I don't have many chats like this anymore. I need to get this with some uh, other players. We need to get more interviews, yeah, Kylie. <laughs> Uh, so I think what ended up happening is you won that roll-off, didn't you? So yeah. your heroic combat yeah. went off. That's right. So I got the combat yes. first. Gilgalad uh, obviously killed the model and then went into Aomer and, and that was the end of Aomer. Gilgalad Yep, because Aomer had to go next. He caught a combat. Yeah, yeah. So he was very trapped at that point. I and they couldn't extricate him. Yeah, that's right. So I think you also struck up with Theoden and Gambling that turn. Yep, yep. And yep. they killed and a they bunch of guys. Theoden got the board as well. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's right. So while I had killed Aemer, there was still another warrior just in the way, just in front yes. of Gilgalad. Yep. All right, should we should we swing to the other side of the board for a moment? I know this is the exciting side, but the other side of the river and uh, what was yes. happening over there. So I'd kind of just created this one man line right next to the bridge. And then I decided to bring them back forward a little bit, I believe. Uh, and you were putting pressure on me, I believe, with a couple of riders that came in. Yep, I was playing the flanks. That's right, yeah. So just kind of trying to slow me down by the looks of it. You had a couple of guys yeah. on round and a few that were just hanging back and ready to charge in should they need to. And it was on this turn, I believe, that I underestimated a piece of terrain. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. That so boat. I brought up some elves um, just to, you know, pick off some fights. Um, we had a combat with uh, Gambling. We had one with Daewon, I think. There was a lot of interesting stuff going on in the middle with, with Dernhelm and Elfhelm there too. And at some point, Dernhelm called a heroic combat and charged right over the top of this boat. Now, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but in my head it was like, well, that boat is, is like, you got to go around it. But obviously that wasn't the case. It was a very low boat. I, so there was absolutely no problem with Andrew going over it. But when he did, I'm just like, hang on a second. What? I, and I had to rethink the entire board. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So all there's this giant hole in the middle of my yeah, mind. Exactly. So yeah, it was just one of those moments where I'm like, oh no, I've seriously uh, underestimated the terrain here. And, uh, you know. Yes. And, and I, I can see the gears winding in, in your head as mm -hmm. well when it happened. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I looked at that and I'm like, oh, it could all fall apart here. But I, I think luckily over the next couple of turns, I kind of closed up the gap and, and sort of held it all together. Um, yep. But yeah, it, so, it was a very scary moment and the heroes were sort of starting to get a few kills going, I think. Yeah, that didn't work. And, and right around this time, I started having some serious botches, I think, in uh, in some combats oh, where yes. I was outnumbering you. Yeah. So you yep. were I, mostly... I had some very good luck, I think. Yeah. Well, I... Yeah, I, I mean, there were definitely some some really bad moments for me where it's like, you know, I, I've surrounded a rider with four elves and, and lost the combat, and one of them's fallen over in a river and, then they and get drowned. Knocked down, and one of them dies. Yeah. yeah. So you know, that happens. I think it happened maybe two or three times more than I would have liked. <laughs> more three or two more times than it should have happened. Yeah, probably. But yeah, so I, I was getting a little bit frustrated with that. Uh, and then over on the other side of the board, that warrior, that rider of Rohan we'd mentioned that was still alive and sort of in the way of Gilgalad, I charged into him. Sorry, you charged me. You charged me. That yes, I, I, I was tying you all up. Yeah. There's a royal guard from memory, yeah. Yeah. He, and, yeah, that's right. He he dismounted to do it, I think. No, I think it was, was this a different one. Yeah, the, the, yes, one it was just after. a rider of Rohan at this point. Um, yeah, and it was one where you, ch I think you charged in, 
And I decided that it wasn't really worth the heroic combat that turn. Yes. I, I was looking at it going, well, what else am I going to do with it? There's a few more models here for me to kill. I've got the number advantage on this side. Yeah, all your heroes have gone over the other side and it could potentially do some damage to my elves. But I was looking at it and going, well, I've got a few traps here. I should be able to get a few kills. And that didn't pan out. Obviously, I didn't have that foreknowledge. So I decided with Gilglad and the captain, they were just going to do their fights and just get a kill, hopefully. And that was when Gilglad botched killing i'm sure it was a rider i don't even think it was a uh, a guard yeah i think it was just a rider yeah uh you'd charge me oh well it doesn't matter because we're both cav but four essentially four dice because i had the one re-roll with um lord of the west couldn't yeah, get a right. four plus, plus one couldn't get a four plus so really? i was very Nasty. very very frustrated by that one i think did, my did exact the dice, words... did the dice get swapped out at this point uh, they did. Yeah, sounds yeah like they, they did. Would've... I remember. They did, did I actually? Yeah, I would <laughs> yeah, have. Yeah, you did. You did. So I think um, my exact I also remember at moment. this point as well, yeah, yeah. you now had no might on the other side of the river because Gilgalad right. and Captain were on that side yep. and Curtin had already had used his. So I was yes. like, great. I have yep. free reign on this side now. Yeah, so I was in a, a very tricky spot and you, I, I was going to have to get them back over there somehow to be able to pull the game out. And so what just, was the play you made to do that? Just, I, I just want to say my exact words at that moment when I failed to kill the Rohan, because like it was one of those raw <laughs> moments where I'm just like, Andrew, I just want a fair game. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I said. <laughs> oh yeah. So okay, so the uh, the Rohan heroes are starting to carve me up. I believe you probably know better what was going on at that point because the exact positioning of your heroes. You were doing some tricky things with Deorwine, I remember. He ended up coming back around, and Elfhelm did some stuff. Yep, wanna, yep, they were maneuvering, trying to yep. maximize the banner coverage and all that kind of stuff, yes. and help each other out in their combats and strikes and all that jazz. Yep, yep. And then, so Deorwine and Elfhelm both came back around towards Gilgalad, I think? Is that what happened? Uh, I think it was just Elfhelm. Just Elfhelm, okay. Yeah. Oh, jeez, I can't remember. Deorwine came a turn later. I, I can't recall. Oh, okay, so on that first turn, I must have combated into Elfhelm, did I? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. When you did the, uh, the play. Yeah. Did you call a defense? Or were you out of... Um, I think so, but I think you just ended up being trapped from yeah, it as well. Yeah, I, I think you probably did call a defense, but you only, you'd only already taken a wound or something, and yeah, I managed to get yeah. the two sixes or whatever was yep. required. That's yeah. Right. So, I, I mean, I got a little bit lucky with that one potentially because Gilgalad like, obviously got a might point back from that so that was yes. pretty huge um yeah yeah i can see here the two the two heroes i've got written down that i killed during the game were amor and elfhelm so yep yep, yep that's not right. bad and then you managed to get a nice little block off on me so Gilglad was just kind of stuck back there the captain couldn't do too much this was with dior one i believe and i think i thought you were just going to call another um heroic defense or something you had just enough riders to really annoy me with not being able to get a good heroic combat off and yep. you kind yep. so of i was pretty happy with the position yeah you, you'd done it really well and i looked at it and i went he, he's daring me to dismount you were absolutely daring me to dismount weren't you i was i was yep. and i was hoping that you wouldn't mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so i decided Aww. that i would oh yes the kylie special the kylie special i'm so happy you did yep. this yeah and so happy you did this and yep. also because there was a forest right next to where all these combats were happening and Gilgalad could not go through that forest on his horse yeah the, the trees were too thick and obviously i would yep. have been too slow because he doesn't have fleet foot yeah yeah so Gilglad dismounted and shout outs to jeremy because it was our practice game that gave me the the balls to be able to say yes dismounting can absolutely be the right call and in this case it was i remember very specifically i had a decision to make 
the turn before, um, whether to use one of the Captain's Might or one of Gilgalad's, or two of Gilgalad's Might, and then regain one. So my option was go either three Might on Gilgalad, one on the Captain, or two on each. I decided to go two on each. That will come into play in a moment. Gilgalad yes. then charges around into a warrior that was blocking him off. Had I simply charged from the front, I, I don't think... I, I couldn't get in on the front. Yeah, you couldn't, right. you couldn't fit. I couldn't get in yeah. there at all, so I would not have been able to get into a combat that would have allowed me to get any kind of decent heroic combat off. So instead, charged through the forest and got in behind. And I got the captain in there too, and I think a couple more models, and called the heroic combat. Now, yes. at this point, I could have quite easily just gone into Dior Wine and probably taken him out, but I was looking at it. We were running out of time, weren't we, Andrew? We were very, we were, very yes. close to time. I think yes. at this point, we'd already decided that the next turn was the last turn. Yep. Is that right? No, yeah, it was, looking that, it was looking that way. Yes. So I went, okay, we were on very close number of kills, both uh, Gilglad and Theoden. We were on about five each. Yeah, five each at that point, yep. I think. So Gilglad decided to simply move to the middle, like just uh, on his side of the river, and capture as many of the elves within six inches as possible. Yes, setting up for next turn. Setting it right up for a mm -hmm. final roll-off in the oh, following yes. turn. And Andrew, walk us through it. Tell us what happened. So, this is the final turn, wasn't it? It was. It's going to come down to this, because whoever got that move could then tie up the other person, lock them down, and stop them from getting to the centre, because we were pretty much tied up in kills. So it's going to come down to who's going to get that centre point. And I rolled the dice, and it went to Matt. Went my way. Massive 50-50. Whether I could have still won it, I, I don't know, because... That I got so many more elves onto the objective from that heroic move. I, yes. and, and locked so many Rohirrim out of the objective. I think it was like 13 guys you yeah. managed to pull on there. Yeah, and I reckon... It was, it was if, really good. Yeah, I reckon if you had won that heroic move, you would have got, like, almost all of your models in. And yeah. instead you missed out on probably at least half a dozen. Yep, and yeah. I would have had a higher likelihood of killing your things as, Absolutely, at the same yeah. time. Just getting the charge as well, yeah. 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 I think... Did I have priority that last turn, or did you? Because obviously it only really mattered on the flanks, but... Yes. Um, I think I did have priority, yeah. You did, you did, yeah. Yeah, yeah because oh, no, I... Or did I? Well, maybe I called another heroic move with my captain. Maybe. Actually, no, I did have priority, I remember that. Okay, because yeah. I remember so I, I was trying to position to block you off. Oh, yeah, no, that's right, yes. I, I yeah. pretty much got everything in with Gilgalad, didn't I? Because I was yes, just able yeah. to nearly knock out good. everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it but really it wasn't over yet. That. It was not. No, no, that's right. <laughs> oh, my my dice luck continued for a little bit longer. <laughs> yes. So in that last one, I was like, okay, last is effort. They're always going to have to call combats. Hopefully they win them. That means they can move again and charge. And hopefully that means they're going to run in, kill enough that I can tie up these numbers. And uh, for a bit there, it looked like it was going to happen. Matt was uh, starting to really sweat in oh, that yeah, last turn. Definitely. Um, but in the end, it was not to be. And uh, Matt finished with a decisive lead in the middle in terms of models on the objective. Yeah, and that turned out to be the only difference because both Gilgalad and Theoden were on six points. Yes. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Yep. So massive game. Obviously, we timed out. And that was something that, uh, and I said this to Andrew after the game as well, that Jeremy had told me to really focus on, and that was my timing and making sure I was getting things on at the right time. Now, whether losing that heroic move, like obviously the heroic move sealed it for me, but yes. like pretty much sealed it. Whether I still could have won without it, I'm not entirely sure because I yeah. did it have quite a few. It would have few... came down to a lot of things. Yes, yeah. And like if 
if I'd lost it and the dice went the way that they ended up going with uh, the the move that we ended up doing, I think I definitely would have lost because you won yeah. a lot of those last round of combats. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. So wow, uh, massive game, amazing game. Uh, yeah, you, you played you. really well, Matt. And uh, thanks, what, you, what you said yeah. there about timing, I think that was so important. You played on my tendencies really well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was looking at how you were running the game, and I'm like, I'm going to use the, your the way that you play against you, or try to at yeah. least. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it yeah. worked out really well. Mm -hmm. it yeah, hats yeah. off to you. Super thanks, metagamey, yeah. but you know, we, we like a bit of metagamey. Oh, it was great. Would have loved to have seen how this game would have panned out if you had a, got to go to completion. Yeah, if um, I think if I would have taken it and would have got it. Matt was the out of yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It, it would have so gone. would just kept rolling sure. on. Yeah. So yeah, it were, you know that probably but, like in in the past I would never have really done something like that. I would not have gone. Well, this is the reality of the situation. This is the timing that we're at. I'm gonna play it to get the maximum amount of points when the time ends. You know. Yes. Um, yeah. Which you did, yeah. and hats off to you. You did it perfectly. Yeah. 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 That really well played from both of you and Matt. Super impressed by by your decision making in that game. It was ah perfect. Yeah. So there, there was. <laughs> Hello, Jeremy. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. You just missed uh, the an amazing uh, scenario, which we will describe to you in detail later. Oh, you can listen back to the podcast along with all of the listeners. Pretty much will. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Um, yeah, look, honestly, it's it's a bit of a come down from here. This was a uh, this was the big game for the me. Marquee the marquee matchup. Yep. This yeah. is the marquee game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Thanks so much again, Andrew, for an amazing game. You're always fantastic to play against. Uh, you too. You Cheers, too. Man. Yep. It won't be the last one, I'm sure. I'm sure. Absolutely. Should uh, all right. So just to go with like what the VPs were, um, it ended up being eighteen to twelve. So a minor yep, victory that's what my I way. As well. Yeah, awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, and neither of us got bonus points because yep. we they're very hard to get, and neither of us were going to concede them. I think. Yeah. No, I don't yeah. think we were. Okay. So I think on to your next one, Andrew. Yes. So game number five was feeling a little bit down. Um, losing that one because I knew that was the one I need to win more than any other. Um, and my opponents weren't getting any easy either. Um, we were playing Random Encounter again for the second time. Um, and I, this time I was up against Sunao. Sunao at this point was undefeated as well. Um, we were playing on a lovely Dog Older board made by Ian Underwood. Really, really cool. Uh, he was bringing the Black Gate. Legendary Legion. So he had a Mortal Troll Chieftain that was Fearless, an extra Might, Will, and Fate, Mouth of Sauron, a couple of Orc Captains, well, a lot of Orcs. He had 50, 52, 54-odd Orcs in there as well. So it was a list of a lot of models. And the objectives that I had were to capture all the points. And I looked at the amount of models he had, and I was like, oh, gosh, it's going to be hard. I'm going to have to literally wipe him off the points and just sweep everything away. So I knew that was going to be a challenge. Um, plus, he had the two Trolls. And cavalry don't tend to like monsters that much, tend to be rather dangerous. Um, so I knew I was going to have to hit hard and I was going to have to hit fast. So we both set up, and turn one I lost priority. I was very pleased by that, because then I was able to set up this great set of charges. So Suna had set up his trolls, his troll chieftain was a bit further back, but his standard troll was kind of just on the line of all his infantry. Um, and I saw I could make a play. So I used Elfhelm to kill an orc, charge him on the way, and that opened up enough space that I could fit two heroes into the Mortal Troll. So I ran two heroes into the Mortal Troll, um, charged all down the line, and in that turn, 
called Death and managed to kill 14 models and the troll in that one turn. Oof. Yeah. How? 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 That is that is taking Alpha Strike to the next level. Oh, it was, yeah. Because Suno himself is, is a Rohan player and he's saying, I haven't played against this Legendary Legion. I want to see what it does. And 10 minutes later, kind of saw what, what the potential was. Yeah. He, he saw more than enough, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, Ouch. I think so. Yeah. Um, so by doing that, I basically cut a hole straight through half of his line. Um, and that meant that I could get to his all Captains and the Mouth of Sauron straight away in the next turn. Because I was fortunate enough to win the Heroic Move Roll-Off for that turn. Um, and that means I can start um, trying to knock out his heroes straight away because the old captains don't have strike. So I was merely threatening to kill them already. And at the same time, I was making sure to stay outside the, the threat range of the, the troll chieftain. So he was still twiddling his thumbs trying to walk towards me. So from there, um, I started to chop up all these other heroes, killed an orc captain, eventually managed to bring down the mouth of sound as well, which meant he had no might there, which means that they could just simply keep charging again because there's no one to contest the heroic moves. Uh, in the meantime, I, I had riders scattering to to all the objectives. Um, there were a couple that, that were in the corners, the one that I had placed. So I went and sent a bunch of riders to go and get those. Um, and soon I hadn't really contested them at all, the, the ones in the corner. He had, didn't really try and send models back for those. So I was like, great, I have those uncontested now. He's all bows and he got an 18-inch range, so I'm guaranteed those. And then the troll chieftain got stuck. Because I think Suno made a little bit of a mistake. He kept putting Moranan orcs in front of his troll chieftain. And then I would charge those Moranin Orcs, and then his Troll Chieftain just stuck there behind the line, unable to get in. And that happened for about three turns in a row. How? Um, yeah. Positioning errors, yeah, that's... Uh, out, of all the, out of all the mistakes you could probably make in a game, positioning, I think, is the biggest cardinal sin. Yeah, yeah, and the moment I saw it, I was like, great, that's good. I know Troll Chieftain's out of it for a couple of turns. Fantastic. I, I can work with this to try and just chop down the amount of Orcs that are on this board. Big heroes sometimes, isn't it? It's just like, you keep them out of combat for a couple of turns, or you keep them occupied, and it, it's worth its weight in gold. It's like a mini death. It's like you've really just yes. taken them out of the game. Yeah. Yes, yes, it really was. So, I continued to chop up Orcs, and then the Troll Chieftain finally got into combat on the second last turn. Quarter heroic combat, because he, I knew he needed to just stop me, because I was getting out of control. The troll came around, ran into the courtyard of Dog Alder, caught a heroic move, got into another rider, caught another combat. No, sorry, by this point he was out. Um, what did he do instead? I think he must have barged on the last turn. Barged, tried to get the Thaden, and was one inch short. Mm. And in for the, the mission that we were playing as well, the, the mission board for Random Encounter was killing enemy heroes and keeping yours alive. So that cost him even more. Uh, real rough. Un unfortunate for Sword. Now, I believe that was the only game that he that lost. the only game he lost. Yeah. yeah. So the VPs were 18 to 6. Uh, my way, and I talked to Suno after the game, and it, yeah, we, it basically came down to his troll chieftain was out of position for, for most of the game, and that really, really cost him because he wasn't able to, to make an impact for it. Yeah, I, I'm sure he would have learned from that one. That's one of those uh, errors that you can make where it can be really frustrating because like, I've got this big thing and it's not doing anything. You know? Yes, yes, I think that's actually one of the best ways to learn it because mm. then you never want it to happen again. Yeah. Absolutely, and and you sort of learn how to make sure that it's getting involved somehow when you've got something exactly. like that. Yeah, that's why I always say to people, everyone goes, oh, what what's the first upgrade I should take on my dragon? It's fly. It's always fly, you know, because then well, you don't fly. get a situation like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did your game go, Matt? All right, so my round five was on Amon Hen, obviously random encounter as well. 
Uh, my secret objective, uh, so I was playing Jade, uh, and now Jade has uh, an almost identical list to Andrew. So I was essentially playing this Rohan Legion the second time in a row. However, as much as I, I love Jade, he's a great kid, he's not Andrew. He's not quite <laughs> on that oh. level. Yep. Uh, he's a bit taller. And he's a little bit taller. Uh, and he hasn't quite got that, uh, just ability to perfectly position his heroes so he's regaining and getting the maximum amount of might and using it as efficiently as possible. He hasn't quite got the, uh, use of the heroes in taking down opposing heroes and also determining whether it's a good idea to try and charge Gilgalad? The answer is usually no. Mm. However, that's what Jade decided to do. Uh, and on the very first turn that combat was reached, there was a little bit of shooting, there was a little bit of back and forth. But on the very first turn that combat was reached, Aemir swung himself all the way around. Uh, I had all three auras up with Kirdan in this game, so terror tests were active. Uh, and he had, you know, about 50% guards, 50% riders. So there were some riders taking tests. But in this case, it was Dernhelm. Dernhelm rolled her courage and got a snake eyes. And I saw, I saw all the air go out of Jade at that very moment. And uh, it, it was mentioned several times throughout the battle and afterwards as well. Uh, Dernhelm snake eyes. You? By him. No, by you. You've got it. No, you I never it in, said, didn't I, No, didn't need to. He did it all himself. Um, this is where you lost all your sportsmanship, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we, actually, we actually need to discuss that later on. But no. He decided not to use, I th he think he would have needed to use all of his might and will, all of her, her might and will, I should say, I think. I don't know. He decided not to do that, and Dernhelm was stuck at the back, and Aemir had already charged Gilglad, and there wasn't much support to be had. So, as a result, Gilglad did, in fact, uh, take out Aemir on that turn with the help of a little Enchanted Blades, and uh, just basically got a free might point out of it and repositioned from a heroic combat. So, yeah, not... Not the greatest move from Jade with that one, sending Aemir around essentially alone to the back of the lines. Um, he did try and uh, do some stuff with the throwing weapons, specifically with the Elf Helm, but it just was never going to work with Blinding Light Up. I, I channeled it in this game uh, just because I knew those throwing spears could have really messed me up. So make him hit all on sixes and I'd be pretty happy. Uh, and then from there, my, my objectives in the game were protect and bodyguard, I think. So bodyguard was just keep heroes alive and have more heroes than him, I think, something like that. Keep my general alive. I honestly can't even remember the board special objective. It, it was one of those kind of games where I think it was a generic sort of objective and I just needed to win the game. You know what I mean? I just needed to beat his army and I would get the points. So it wasn't too much thought required in uh, how I would need to position and that sort of thing. Now, again, this was sort of a, uh, a mistake that a, le a less experienced player might make with this Legion, uh, and that was Jade decided to take Gambling away from the rest of the line. His reasoning was, yeah, his reasoning was that he needed someone to go and capture an objective. My thoughts on that, my thoughts on that was literally anybody else would have been a good idea, but no, he ended up sending Gambling over there, uh, and Gambling did end up tying the objective, uh, one all, but I, I don't think he got any points for that because of that. So yeah. And then essentially it came down the last couple of turns, Gilgalad just running rampant, uh, ended up smashing Thayad in the last turn. And I ended up scoring a 20 victory points to 3 win, which 
I got maximum points because of Gilgalad's finishing blow on Theoden in the last turn. So yeah, that was a full 20 to me in round five. Looking good going to the last round. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Five from five. I remember feeling on top of the world, but also like sort of a bit apprehensive about who I might play. We knew that capturing control was the last one. So I thought, you know, depending on who it was, it may or may not go my way. But Andrew, let's talk about your final round. Game six, yes. So Captain Control. This one's a little bit tricky for the Rohan because you kind of can't start on the objective. You have to start at least six away. So that then you run the risk of losing all the objectives turn one and then having to get them all back, which is always tough, which you can do, um, but you start from a disadvantage. So for the last round, I was matched up against Liam, who Matthew had played in round one. So he had his Watcher and his Goblins and his Bat Swarms and his Wagmore Orders, and he had the two Gundabad Shamans. Now, fun story about that. Think about a month ago now, Liam had messaged me asking if how many good and bad shamans I had, and I said I had one. And he asked if I could borrow it, and I said, sure, no problem. And here we were in the last round, and that good and bad shaman was against me on the table. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, you know your job, Agent Undercover, now's the time to activate. Brilliant. Sleeper cell. Yep, that was it. That was it. <laughs> uh, so I set up just outside of his charge range for turn one, and Liam decided to bring on the Watcher immediately. Um, and he made a pretty good play of it. He used it to bump a bunch of my heroes forward so that, that he could reach them Interesting. on that first turn. So it was a little bit of a risk because then the Watcher ran the potential of getting surrounded and cut down, but it also meant that my heroes were now exposed. Um, so we had a turn one roll-off, which uh, Liam won, and he began to grab, I think it was Durnhelm, yep, and there was Groblog and a Bat Swarm into Durnhelm, and she was looking trapped, and the Watcher was right next to that and threatening a combat. So I thought, okay, I need the rest of my heroes to go in there and get her out. So the rest of them charged in, and Liam did manage to shatter Aemir's sword on that first turn, which did Aemir's sword. I feel like there would have been much more higher priority pieces of war gear in that game. So, yes, that is very true. Yeah. The reason he didn't opt to shatter that banner was because it was sitting about three inches from my edge of the board. Um, because I knew the moment it got into range, it was going to get blown up. So my, my thoughts were, okay, I'll let all my heroes run out of might. On the turn they run out of might, Gamelin's going to run forward and give them all the might point. Then that way, even if the banner gets shattered, at least it's done something. I've had that t extra turn of might for everyone. So an extra three or four there. Yep, great play. Yeah. So yeah, on that turn, a bunch of her combats were called. Um, I eventually managed to save Dernhelm from getting eaten by the Watcher, taking out the Bat Swarm, calling a strike. And then on the next turn, was able to call a heroic move and run the opposite direction from the Watcher and leave it scrabbling of its tentacles with nothing in range anymore. So it did mean I gave up the objective on that side, um, but I was kind of willing to trade that to not have the Watcher be in the game anymore. Meanwhile, on the other flank, um, I had Dion Wine running up. He captured the, uh, the objective on the other flank. I think Liam made a little bit of a mistake. He sent one Rogue Marauder by itself to that objective. So Dion Wine and two other riders pounced on it, were able to call her a combat and move again that turn, which let D.Y.N. start running for the back line, which meant that D.Y.N. eventually ended up being able to capture the objective at Liam's back. And he had a bat swarm there, but he decided to run it away because he thought there's no way that, that it was going to survive. And it ran back towards the center. In the meantime, in the middle, we were fighting, goblins were dying. Um, I wasn't having the best of luck. There were a lot of occasions where someone was winning the fight on a two. There were a lot of ones being rolled in the game. Um, we were having a good laugh about that. But eventually, my might was running low. Um, the Gunbad Shaman, um, Agent had activated, had so far rolled a 1 and a 2, for it shatters. The, the other one had done all the work. 
And so at this point, I was like, okay, Matamite, need to run my gambling banner up, try and get this turn of extra might in, which I did. And then Liam turned to my shaman and said, now's your moment, if ever. <laughs> Took his one dice, needs a three plus, rolls a one. Yes, sleep a cell. Yep. Beautiful. Yep. Super proud. Did his job. <laughs> um, the other one had one more point left and immediately shattered it after that. But um, it was very satisfying that uh, my model stayed true, stayed loyal. Nice. That's what you like to hear. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, at this point, I was holding three objectives to Liam's two. And we were getting very close to time. I said, okay, there's no way that he can get to, to three of these on this turn. And I can potentially get one more. And the Watcher is only now just crawling desperately through a forest get to the other side to finally have an impact in the game. Um, so in that last turn, the Watcher pulled in a bunch of guys, ate them, but could not reach an objective of his barge. And I very, very, very foolishly forgot to call a heroic combat with D-Wine at the back, who could have potentially captured the middle objective as well. So still came out with a win, but I was kicking myself uh, for calling that, that heroic combat because depending on what happened in Matt's game, that could potentially cost me a title because um, it was a two-point difference either way, um, which would have made it a major win instead of a standard um but that all depended on what happened in matt's game very true yeah every single point counts doesn't it you, you learn that when you get yeah, to the pointy end of a tournament huh, yes pointy yeah, yeah so I, I was inwardly seething despite the fact i won mm, mm, i i yeah i know that feel i've had that before in, in other tournaments yeah okay my final round was against a fellow victorian josh and josh had brought with him uh, a rivendell knight army so he had glorfindel and elrond now, I was looking at this and going, right, I've got the fight six, I have more models, I'm not as maneuverable, but if I can grab three objectives, I should be, like, in the box seat here. I just needed to sort of make a triangle and try and hold it off like that. So, pretty much what I did was, I, I started six inches away from the center, and thankfully for me, I thought maybe he might just try and rush me straight away which could have turned out badly for me, potentially not being able to get everything in position turn one. But he didn't do that. He sat back. He decided he wanted to shoot at a blinding light army. Um, so I obliged him. Did you him. cast blinding light to I, I channeled blinding light and yep. cast it up. And he shot at me and he didn't do a heck of a lot for a number of turns. I grabbed the middle. I grabbed the one behind me. And then I slowly sort of sneaked my way over to the one on the right. Uh, because that was the side that Glorfindel wasn't on, and it, despite the fact that there was very little terrain there, and I was, like, getting a lot of shots at me, I was also sneaking Kyrdan that way at the same time, so basically he wasn't doing much to me at all. There, there might have been a couple of kills here and there, but for the most part, I was pretty immune to his shots, and I was getting a few kills back. I ended up killing three or four riders from Bowfire, I think, so... That's never a good sign for a Rivendell Knight army. So yeah, no, especially yeah, no. yeah, you never want to be trading down. Absolutely, as the knights. Even going one for one is yeah a terrible yeah. result. Yep. So I'm holding this ruin in the middle. Uh, it's only got three entrances, so I'm just sort of blocking each of those with a couple of models. Uh, it's it's open air though, so it's easy to shoot at them. But I'm I'm covering it with Kierdan. Uh I've got Kierdan, the Captain Gilglad, sort of all fairly close together. Uh, just in the center of the board and at this point I'm just kind of waiting for Josh to make a move because I've got the points I'm holding all the cards So I'm waiting for him to just have a go at me to to just try and break the game up and, and get something going for him And he obliged me he went in hard and I mean really hard 
I had made plenty of room in my lines for models to get through, partly because I wanted Gilgalad to get back through myself, but also because I wanted to entice him to attempt what he did. I was hoping he wouldn't be quite as successful as he was, because in the very first turn that Gilgalad, uh, that Glorfindel charged in, he heroic combated straight into Kirdan and took him out. Ouch. Yep. One turn. Bang. Gone. There goes my terror. There goes my blinding light. I was very, very concerned about that. But Glorfindel had to come a long way into my line to do that, and he was standing right in front of Gilgalad. And Gilgalad went, mate, that is not on. <laughs> and the very next turn... Charged straight into him. Glorf had unfortunately used all of his might. Josh had to use all of it to make this happen. Gilglad went in and went whack. And there goes Glorfindel. Gilglad did it. Gilglad killed Glorfindel and uh, got that might point back. Uh, so he was still on full and Elrond was just a little bit back. Now, there was a move there where I think Josh probably had the opportunity after killing Kirdan to try and uh, call a tactical retreat. A heroic retreat. I think Elrond could have done it, but for whatever reason, uh, Josh didn't do that. We don't have him here to ask why, but I think if he had managed to do that and backed right out, he could have gone back to the game that he was playing and actually won the shoot-off from that point on. But uh, as it was, he managed to get a uh, Nature's Wrath, or sorry, a Wrath of Bruinen off instead, and he decided just to charge in off the back of that. Um, this was actually before Kirdan died, yes. So the turn that Glorf came in, Elrond followed him a little bit and did a Wrath of Bruinen, which Kirdan failed to resist on three dice. So at that point, I just decided Kirdan's useless anyway, and Glorfindel took him out. Anyway, from that point on, Gilglad pretty much dictated the game. He'd taken out Glorfindel, and he just was calling heroic moves. Elrond did manage to get into my captain and rolled three sixes to straight up kill him, which was quite impressive. But the captain had already used it, both his might points, so he was expendable at that stage. Uh, and um, from that point on, Gilgalad was able to just control the game, took out Elrond over the course of a couple of turns, got a might point back again, and I was just calling heroic moves in the center and just tying up all these knights and slowly whittling him down. Uh, I did not manage to pick up either of the two objectives that I didn't hold, but the game essentially ended there after I took out Elrond. When I had three objectives, I'd killed his leader, he had not wounded mine, so that ended up being 10 victory points to 4, and a major win with both bonus points once again. Uh, my last two games, maximum points. I was feeling pretty good about Where myself. Where to finish. Yeah, I was feeling pretty good about myself, I have to say. But... There was always at the back of my mind, uh, my army is not fully painted. I have some models that are sort of half painted, but base coated, that's it. I'd managed to base everything, so it all looked pretty uniform from a distance. But up close, you could see that my Rivendell Knights weren't done, Kirdan wasn't done, my Captain wasn't done, a couple of my spears weren't quite finished, and a number of the shields on the Shieldsmen. So I was just so nervous, and unfortunately, Adam managed to drag out the end of this tournament like nothing I have ever seen. <laughs> I've never experienced something like it. My game finished around 6.30, which is already an hour over time, I think. Adam had allowed it to go to that point, so that still counted as in time, despite being an hour over schedule. And then I think we waited around for about two hours. Is that right, Andrew? Yeah, I think like an hour and a half, something like that. I mean, we were packing half, up yeah. as well. Oh. Yeah, it was a while. I, like, normally I wouldn't have minded. Builds. Normally I wouldn't have minded, but yes. my God, I just wanted the results to be read out. <laughs> And then we got in there and everyone was announcing their tournaments. And I'm like, can this wait until after? <laughs> like, please. 
And, you know, Adam has asked for criticism and the criticism, uh, cr- cr- criticism and, you know, just feedback on what was good. And there were many great things about this tournament. Um, the meme wars, of course, being a highlight, but also just the pure amount of effort that Adam put into uh, many aspects. Um, all the prizes, all the support that he managed to get going. Uh, the, the amount of terrain as going. well. The terrain, yes, the terrain. Yeah, 60 to 70% of him was he made that in just the last on, six yeah, months. himself, he, yeah. He put in a titanic effort. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I, I, you know, I kind of wish just they'd got going on with that ceremony a little bit quicker, but, I, you know, it is what it is. Anyway, so we're all sitting in there. They're going through all the awards. Uh, I managed to pick up the award for, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Gilglad surviving several turns against Groblog. And uh, after getting shattered and unarmed and managing to kill him back, which was crazy. And I got a really sick banner for that. Do you remember the company, Andrew? That um... I was actually looking them up today. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't remember what it's called, though. They're on the Wish. Uh, yeah. I just typed in yeah. Google Ed Banner and it was the first thing that came up. They're really nice. They're really yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we might like post that down below. I will let you know what um, company that is, but they make really sick custom... Are they custom or are they just they, they sell them? Yeah, know. they sell like those. Three they have a number that, of banners. Oh, just those three that were there. Okay, yep. cool. So there's three really cool banners that they have, and it just so happened that the one that I won for Gilglad doing that was the Glory of Gilglad Award, and it has Gilglad written on the banner. It's just amazing. Totally sick. Um, very. That was probably the, I, um... the that was probably the actual physical prize that I, I like love the most that I managed to get. So that was pretty cool. And that was just luck, really. So awesome. Yeah. I, um, I also managed to somehow win the Lawmaster. Oh, prize. nice. Um, so not quite sure how, because I guessed on one or two, but my intuition must have been correct. Yeah, fair um, enough. So I got curtain from that. So. Oh, brilliant. Nice. Would you believe that I actually got the Gilgalag question wrong? <laughs> yeah. I think I wrote seven, and he actually has eight. There must be one that I didn't think... Oh, yeah, it was Heroic Strength. That was the one I forgot. Strength, yeah. 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 So I, I thought he only had seven uh, potential heroic actions, but no, he has eight. There you go. Yes. So so all that was happening, and those were the minor words, and Matt was sitting there slowly stewing more and more sweating. and more. I had to go out for a smoke a couple of times. I was just yep. like, oh, God, please... Tell me, yeah. tell me what the result is. And, and, Adam called, and Adam called 10 of us to the front of the room. 10. 10? Yes. Why, Adam? It was like um, being on one of those uh, reality TV shows where they kick out one person every week. And then he said, okay, when I call out your name, go and sit back down. And I said, Adam, this is the worst possible way of doing this. Why would you torture us like this? Um, so slowly we're whittling it down and Liam sat down and Tim sat down. And uh, finally, three of them who were equal fourth sat down. I think it was uh, yes. Daniel, Josh. Josh, and Andreas. Andreas, that's right. All yes. three of them equal fourth, exact same points. And finally, it was just Sunao, Andrew, and myself up the front. And then they told Sunao to sit had down. To sit down. Yep, me and you. Just you and you me, Andrew. looked at me, Matt, and you said, I don't know if I got this. Yep. And I was supremely confident you had you were, it. You were very, very confident. You said, uh, yes. you, you got this. And you were absolutely right. I had managed to win it. And I did, in fact, have a significant margin, as it turns out, uh, in yep. first place. I... Yeah. So, I got it. Well I got done, it, guys. Matt. I did it. Well done, Matt. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Good <laughs> it's, job. It's been a, uh, a very, very long time. I, I don't... I can't recall winning a big tournament in, in forever. So, you know... Oh, you haven't. 
it was a huge relief to me, uh, relief and, and, you know, joy and it just felt great. So yeah, yeah. Big win. I felt amazing. I, I was so glad that, you know, I, it, it was essentially the game against Andrew where I went, it, it was just a supreme validation. You know what I mean, Andrew? I'm yep. sure you've had it exactly before. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a good feeling yeah. knowing that you went undefeated and, and you did it on your own merit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed I didn't win, but uh, seeing the look on your face when you won, that was that was pretty awesome. I could tell how much it meant. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, it was it was I, great. I, I haven't really kind of said this at, at any point yet, Matt, but I am so 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 proud you managed to to, to claim this 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 tournament win because I I've kind of like been like low key coaching you for the past few years. Uh, we've kind of been best friends for like you know like past decade or so about a decade yeah and you've always come really close but you haven't quite managed to nab a real big major tournament and to to hear to get that message i think you said winner winner chicken dinner and i I went yes (laughs) finally finally he manages to pull it together and i i'm i'm so proud that you managed to finally you know overcome your demons and just put it away just through your own raw skill actually just go in and smash face for lack of a better word thank you so much kylie that means heaps coming from you and uh absolutely you have coached me through good times and tough times and here we are we did it i did it jeremy you absolutely can take some credit because because i have put you down for the last 10 years yep. as well trying to motivate you to get better and clearly it's worked constant <laughs> yep. put downs yep. and and i'm very proud of that as well i think Great i've helped success. out as well so i'll yep. take the credit that kyle has taken as well yeah i actually uh sometimes refer to you when i'm talking to other people as the stick and the carrot kylie <laughs> yeah. so um yeah <laughs> Anyway, um, that's a, that's enough, like, just, uh, circle jerking there for a second. And I'm just oh, going to... No, it's not. We need more. We need more. Well done, Matt. You, you should enjoy the moment. Oh, in all seriousness, Matt, I hope this gives you some confidence going into harder because I, honestly, I think you can do some serious, if, if you're taking this list or, or something of similar ilk, I think you can do some serious, serious, serious mm. damage at Articon. And, and you know what? I reckon I reckon we have a really good team going up this year, and I'm I'm looking forward to see what you can do against uh, some of the best in the world. Yeah, look, I would be surprised if Australia didn't take two thirds of the podium at Articon this year. This I don't think the internationals have any chance at all. Massive. All right, I'm ready for it. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm so much more excited for Articon than I think I've been at any point during the year now. Especially you and me, Matt. You and me. <laughs> yeah, especially because um, <laughs> we're doing it. Especially because I just got my tax return back as well, and now I know I can definitely afford it, so that's always a good feeling. <laughs> so I'm just going to quickly bring up the actual scores, uh, the final scores here. So the way it ended up, now I think there may have been some slight issues with how the scoring ended up being done. As you mentioned earlier, Jeremy, I actually lost a sports point. Now I can tell you exactly mm. where that was. That was round one against Liam, because on the sports card... One of the points was, did you finish in time and hand in your paperwork? And we did not. So we both Ooh. went down one sports point. Ah. Now, I, I have a feeling that most people did not even look at the card and just I went, am one of those people. Yep, yep. Full sports. 
And I reckon that's what happened throughout the tournament. So, I mean, you can see that there was very little difference throughout. Um, the only people who were under, like, tw 20, uh, I think, were people that did not play every game. Yes. So, yeah. you know, there was, there was very minimal impact i think on the tournament overall from that but you know that's that's a learning thing that's one of those things uh, i thought it was particularly odd because you know i read the card and i'm like huh isn't there already a bonus point for that that's kind of weird mm. but you know i just went with it i'm like all right well we didn't finish in time so that's minus one point um yeah I i'm so in the habit of like yeah i didn't have any problems games i enjoyed myself i don't even read them yeah just tick them all and then later yeah. on the the slips disappeared altogether anyway um they weren't even on the tables anymore right so I was just uh, saying yeah. to Adam, yeah, just full sports. Um, and some of the games probably where I didn't finish on time, I think I did get the point for it. So it was all just kind of, you know, whatever. But the, the uh, swing, yeah. it made... I mean, looking at it, it looks yeah. like most people didn't lose out. Everyone kind of was in the same boat from Yeah, that. and I thought it might have affected those um, equal fourth place guys, but no, they all got 24, yeah, so fine. it made no difference yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I don't think it mattered. It, it might have meant like one or two places towards the end definitely definitely not for you because you were 12 points ahead of me i was 12 points ahead yep and i actually think uh i missed a bonus point there as well it says here five where i'm certain that i got six because i have my sheet in front of me so yep. you know there, there were some little scoring issues adam he worked so hard and he he did everything on his own so it, it was really impressive um that he did manage to run the tournament as well as it went and everyone still had a great time. So there were some minor scoring issues. Um, there was one round where the matchups were very odd, um, but we ended up sorting it out. Yes. Yeah. 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 They were very odd. I was like, day. what? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like they had me matched up against Tim and I was four from four and he was 50-50 and we were both from yeah. Victoria. And we're like, yeah. hmm, I don't know. Um, yeah. And there were some other Actually, ones. Actually, just looking anyway. at the... Uh... Looking at the score sheet here, Daniel May, I'm going to call you out now. So you are tied for fourth, and you have a painting score of 20. And the people next to you have got 28, 28, and 25. Daniel yep. May, There's the difference. paint your armies, paint and your you armies are too. going to be winning tournaments. You yeah. are so close. You could have very easily jumped into third. You're only one point behind that. You could have even overtaken me and come second. Paint your army, my man. I second that. Could've. Daniel, paint yeah. your army. Damn, Daniel. Come to Masters with a fully painted army, no matter what. Even if you have to do what Matt does, the, the preparation of champions where the Friday night you stay up as long as possible, killing any chance you have of score... Oh, wait, what, what, how'd you go again, Matt? Would you believe that... Uh, paint your army. Yeah, would you believe that I still managed to get a paint score of 26? You beat me by one. Good. Yeah. Well I don't, done. Well I, done. I think maybe he scored me from 10 meters away. <laughs> Maybe you might not have painted up, picked up any of your base coated models, and just picked up a couple of the. Possibly, I actually I did look at like the um the criteria, and there were only probably three points that that um punished you for not painting every model. So I yeah I, I thought he might wait it a little bit more because I did have like uh, eight not fully painted models, but yeah, eight out of thirty seven. I I don't know. I thought I was going to get about a twenty. But uh, as it turns out, that that wouldn't have mattered. Wouldn't no, have mattered. Yeah, I, I was ahead by enough. Yep. So yeah, um, that's that's the tournament. That's how it panned out. Uh, do we have any final thoughts? Anything to go um, on to the next one? I will say I do hope my schedule next year is easier than this year. This was a this is a damn tough run. 
this is really hard to win. I think every single game was against a quality opponent. I know there are some groups that are a lot easier than the one I had. So um, not that I mind it that much. Um, I enjoy the tough games. But yeah, this is a really tough run. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, where did where did Scott finish? Scott Norwood. So Scott he, is um, he was twenty third one. Yeah, so yeah, he, he got only very one. unlucky. Um, yeah, drawing in that group, or I actually think he actually got moved to that group, didn't he? Because he had to play against the eventual tenth, sixth, and second placed. Sorry, tenth, tenth ninth, fourth. fifth, and fourth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. ninth, fifth, and fourth. Yeah, everyone That's except crazy. for Scott, who I played, finished in the top ten. Wow. Fairness, if Scott played better, then you guys wouldn't have finished in the top 10. So I, I, it was all up to him. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. oh, that's true. That's true. I think he was uh, a fairly new player though, right? Or am yeah, I he's relatively new. Yeah. Oh, come on, come on. New players should be able to take over the game. Just roll sixes. <laughs> Some leeway for an experience. Jeez. <laughs> Although he did take a filthy 40-bow list. So, yeah, stuff you, Scott. <laughs> yeah, but he said he didn't go to the objectives. He just stood in the back and didn't attack anything. So that's fine. That's nice to the opponents. It sure is, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, um, yeah, think... so like the, the other final thought I give is um, I want to throw the gauntlet a bit down to New South Wales. You can't keep relying on me to try and win these things for you. Damn right. Everyone else needs to pick up their game a little bit. Yeah, I feel um... you. I feel you, Andrew. I feel you. Yeah, did you you see the Vicks, how they really stepped up in this one? Like They did. They really did. Not just myself, but we also had uh, Sunao in third, Josh in fourth, or equal fourth, and uh, Timmy in ninth, and uh, Jim managed to pick up the uh, Player's Choice Army as well. Mm. So we had great... That was one of those votes. That army was awesome. Yeah, looked fantastic. Andrew, I feel like uh, just just on your 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 uh, comment on needing to get New South Wales uh, kicked up a notch, I feel like you need to get Daniel Daniel Liam and uh, Andreas set up for some uh, practice games and uh, get some Rocky mu- music playing. Yeah, well, there is some new blood coming some, in. So. Yeah, they've got some serious skill, and I think with a bit bit more, bit few more games under their belt, and just you know getting into a regular play pattern, they could be very lethal in yeah, in definitely coming tournament. Um, I will also say I now have some sympathy for David Leonard um, coming second two years in a row. David, my heart goes out to you. I know how you feel now. <laughs> mm, must be rough. We've all been there, Andrew. We've all yep. been second. It's okay. It's words. Words cannot the first describe. Loser. It's okay. Words cannot describe. Yeah, it's it's a lot anyway. worse when you haven't won one of them, though. I gotta say. But, but, that, <laughs> but, but that 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 said, though, I still feel that second place is a damn good achievement in in any kind of a tournament that. To. <laughs> I know what you're doing, Kylie. No, no. In all seriousness. <laughs> In all seriousness, I feel like we always we like as a society are belittling second and third place a little bit too much as like oh you just came short and stuff. But... As a society, well, whatever. I'm I might be going a little off topic here. Okay, yeah, maybe just I've a bit. Got, I've got a number of second places to my name. Sure. Um, like sitting in sitting in my um trophy box, and you know what? To get second, even in like a twenty player tournament, that's a damn good achievement, and. It, it puts you against pretty much everyone else in the pack except for one person. Why is why is that you know a bad thing to get you know a, a silver or a bronze? I, I I don't understand why we we constantly giving shit to the person that, that gets second or third. I don't think we are. I've got three second places lined up here from minimize three years in a row. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like I'm I'm you know 
like um, yeah, you know, upset with myself. I just yeah. like you always think, oh, I could do better. Yeah, it's just yeah. a desire to improve, I guess. Yeah. The sure. fact is, only one person can finish first. So yes. we've got Matt on here. He got that. Andrew got second. We're going to, to have Andrew with a slight disappointment because he wanted to get there. He was so close. So we, we talk about that. It doesn't mean Andrew's going to be like losing any sleep over it or anything like that. He's going to come back next year just as strong, possibly stronger, and go for it again. And, and we all want to get first when we're competing. When we're going for it, to get what Matt did is the achievement that you want. If you miss it, you're going to have some disappointment. I don't think we're believing it, but I also feel like we're, we're contributing to the, like, the disappointment in that you want to get just that bit further just so you can reach the top. And most of us have it. Well, no, we all have now. Everyone here has reached the top at different yeah. tournaments, at big events, yeah. and yeah. we know what it feels like to do that. And we want to get that, and we strive for that when we go for the competitive mode. So missing out, it's not something to belittle, but it is that little bit of disappointment and that you start analyzing all the errors you've made and you could have done something slightly better. You could have just worked a little bit here or moved this here or whatever. You're so close. And it's just natural to, to talk about that and have a bit of a laugh. And and I, I don't know that, that we've, we've lost any respect for Andrew to coming second. He's still <laughs> a stronger player. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's also the, the best way to learn is to, to lose. Yep. Yep. I totally agree with that. Yeah. That's how I learned everything I know. You should do it more often, and you don't do it enough. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get on that. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I'm I'm gonna give us our uh, sign off here. This has been the Master of Middle Earth, Matthew Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys, for joining me, and everyone. Former remember, Master of Middle to, Earth. To every, all the yeah, well, two former masters and the the genius behind it all. Thanks, everyone, for joining me, and take it from the master. Traps win games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.